Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's to die. Mm-hmm. will change my life. Take me to the king. I don't have much to bring. My heart's torn in pieces. Yes, my offering. Lay me at the throne. Lay me there alone. To gaze upon your glory and sing to you the song. Please take me to the King. Truth is it's time to stop playing these games. We need a word for the people's pain. So let's speak Stop this song.
That was Tamala Man, very powerful song. Take me to the king. Okay, I'm gonna stop the song. All right, start two if you would like to open us up in prayer or if you would like to read a scripture. Please start two. I'm still trying to get situated here. Hopefully you guys in the chat room can hear. Okay. Our Father and our God, we come before you in the name of Jesus, thanking you, Lord, for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us and upon our families. Lord, it's so easy for us to complain, so easy for us to think of the bad, Lord, but everything the devil means for bad, you turn it to good every time, Lord. And we say thank you. I thank you for each and every person you have sent to this call, Lord. I ask you to bless them overly and abundantly, Lord, according to your riches and glory. Lord, when we are out there on the battlefield being targeted, Lord, we know that you have your angels encamped around us, Lord. So help us, Lord, to just stay strong, Lord, and to keep the faith, Lord, and to never, ever, ever sell out to Satan. We rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you, Lord, for the victory over all circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to read a scripture. And then we'll have um, Professor Martinez, Solange Martinez. Um, she wants to bring a few things to our attention today. Um, so uh, bear with us. If you guys uh, want to speak, you will be able to, but we're just going to change the format just a little bit today, okay? So our scripture is Romans 12 and 2, and it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect, and the perfect will of God. I may have read the scripture last week. I can't remember, but we're going to read it again, okay? Um, okay, so this scripture is telling us don't be conformed to this world. Now, that is hard. That's hard because there's so much going on around us, and it would be easy to conform to this world. And um, targeting, which is what most people on this call experience, um, it is designed to make us conform to this world because most targeted individuals are non-conformists. We did not, we're the ones who didn't fall in line. We're the ones who's not buying into the mind control. We're the ones that's going to do what God is having us to do and not what this world is trying to get us to do or Satan is trying to get us to do. But this scripture tells us not to conform. It doesn't matter what we have to go through. We should not conform. And the Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove that uh, that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And that is our whole goal to be in the will of God, not what I want, not what you want, but what God wants for our lives, because our lives are already predestined. He has a perfect plan for our life. We can divert off that plan if we want to, but he does have a will for our life. And it is it is up to us to um, pray and ask God and try to discover what that perfect will of God is so that we can be um, in compliance with God and, and his Holy Spirit, okay? But no matter what, no matter what, no matter how hard it gets, do not conform to this world. Don't do it. The Bible tells us not to do it. So if you want to read that scripture, it's Romans 12 and 2. 
Amen. Okay, so welcome, welcome, welcome everyone um, to this call. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day, your busy weekend to come to this call once again. Um, I really, really, really appreciate the people who come to this call. This call serves as a very strong support system for me, for me, and I hope it does for you as well. Um, I really rely on the comments that come through this call, the wisdom, the knowledge, the different stories that we share here. Um, it is so helpful to me, and I want you guys to know that, and I hope it's helpful to you as well. Um, so we are here to share information, to process what's happening to us. It is so helpful to talk about it. Um, you don't sound crazy, no matter uh, how you're being targeted, no matter what you want to share, you don't sound crazy, okay? Um, people who are non-targeted, who may not understand, they may think, oh, those people are, you know, delusional, they're crazy. You know, we hear that all the time. But we believe you, okay? Because chances, chances are we probably have gone through it or going through something similar, okay? So please um, try to feel comfortable in sharing your story. Um, try to get past... Um, the point of there are, there are some people, and I was like this as well, um, you don't want to share because you don't want them to know who you are or you think your targeting may increase. Try to get past that because believe me, if you're a target, you're going to get targeted anyway. And um, their goal is to silence you. So um, take this opportunity to um, speak your truth. The Bible said that's what's going to set us free. Our truth is going to set us free. OK, so um, there's some liberty in, in, in sharing and it also helps other people. OK, um, let's see. So welcome to the call. OK, so I'm going to move on just a little bit because uh, the 30th January today is 27th. So let's see, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday will be the first year anniversary of Elvira Williams passing. Um, many of you knew Elvira. Almost, if you've been in the community any length of time, chances are you knew Elvira because Elvira was very, very popular. Um, she passed away. I don't know what the uh, official cause of her death was um, because I don't think her family got an autopsy. I spoke with her son. The last time I spoke with her son, he said they didn't plan to get an autopsy. I think they didn't have the, uh, the funds to do that. Um, but I can tell you, Elvira died from targeting. Okay, No matter what the coroner's report might have said, um, it was a direct result of her being targeted, her being poisoned. She, she felt that she was being sprayed, chemically sprayed. Um, and I believe her. Um, Alvira was um, an activist. She was a mother. She was a grandmother. Her um, activism from what she shared with me, I believe it went back to the Clinton administration where she was directly involved in some of the campaign stuff with um, Bill Clinton. Um, and it, her activism probably goes back even further than that, actually. But I just don't know all the details. But I do remember her talking about the Clinton administration. Um, she had been beaten by the police more than once. 
She um, had been jailed. She had been thrown into um, the psychiatric ward countless times, countless times. And that was mainly because she would go to the hospital for help because she was always in pain. She would um, bleed profusely. And I remember one time she even sent me pictures of her blood. I was like, oh my gosh, I do not want to see that. But I can tell you, she, she bled really, really, really bad. And she would go to the hospital for help. And she would always leave there with no help. So um, I don't know what you call that, but I'm going to call it medical neglect. She was definitely a victim of medical neglect. When she would go to the hospital um, for help, they would put her in a mental institution. So she eventually stopped going for help because she would end up in a mental institution. And it was very sad to see her go through that. Um, I talked to several doctors on her behalf because she gave me permission to do that. Um, she signed papers, you know, saying that I could do that and still no help, no help, no help. And when she would find a doctor who would help her, um, he would turn or she would turn it just a matter of time. And we all know how that goes. And so um, she eventually died of whatever she was suffering from. And whatever that was, uh, it was probably a result of either directed energy or this chemical um, spray that she, um, that she was going through. She was betrayed by many people in the targeted community. I remember uh, one person, and Avira was a very trustworthy person. She, I mean, she trusted people. And um, I couldn't believe some of the people that she trusted, but she did. And uh, one person, she, uh, another thing, she was always homeless. And that, that is uh, very common in this community as well. Excuse me, you guys. Oh, let me. Hold on one second. I'm so sorry, but this is my daughter. I need to speak to her. I know you guys will probably still be able to hear me because I don't think I can put this on mute through the computer. Hi, baby. You okay? Okay, call dad. Okay. Sorry, you guys. My daughter, she's doing fine, but I always like to answer when she calls because she's not living at home anymore. Um. Where was I? Um, there was a time where Avira was homeless, one of the many times, and you guys know that that is a, um, a big issue in the community. It, it's, it's hard for people to find uh, stable housing. And um, someone in the TI community told her that she had a place for her to stay. And so Avira took all the money she had and she gave it to this lady and this lady dropped her off at the beach and Elvira spent the night at the beach. And many of you guys remember that. Uh, I wanna say more than one. No, it was just one night she spent at the beach and that was in Florida. And um, it was really sad because she kept calling this lady and this lady kept telling her she was coming back. Well, she ran off with her money. And so, um, several of us got together and, got uh, hotel rooms for her to be able to stay. And, you know, she just really went through a lot. That's what I'm trying to say. She really, really went through a lot. She went through family members turning on her, um, but she still stayed as strong as she possibly could. She was really big at coordinating um, different events in the TI community. She never to her dying day 
stopped asking for help. And that's one thing I admire about Elvira. Elvira wrote senators. She got other people to write senators. She talked about talked about her targeting on these calls and she really sincerely died trying to get help for herself. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting her, was it last summer? May have been last summer or the summer before. Uh, we we went on vacation and we went through uh, Florida. And I said to my husband, I cannot go through Florida without seeing Elvira. And so we rented a car and um, and we went to, to meet Elvira. And it was a pleasure to meet her. It was really, really a pleasure to meet her. Um, I think that was probably the summer before she died. She died in January. So that would have been... June, June or July, I think. So yeah, um, but I thank God that I had the opportunity to meet the person that um, that I really admired and looked up to, and um, and she she did a lot for this community. So I just want to have a moment of silence for Elvira. Um, I don't ever want to forget her, and for those of you who knew her, I hope that you you guys never forget her either. So we'll just take a moment of silence for her. Okay, so um, before we go on to Solange, if you guys want to say anything about Elvira, if you knew her, if you, you know, you want to add anything to anything I said, uh, please start too. Okay, so we'll move on. I'm going to bring on, um, oh, here's someone who wants to say something. Hello? Yeah, hi there. Yeah, is hey, this uh, the, is it the anniversary of her death, I think? Is it uh, what's going on today? It'll be coming up in about three days, first anniversary. Okay. Um, what I remember about her, I never had the honor of meeting her, but um, she was just one of those people that was... Um, she was a warrior, but uh, you don't have to be a physical fighter to be a warrior. She was spiritually um, indomitable, just always unyielding, just uh, she, her energy was always uh, moving forward, trying to get, uh, you know, the light sh to shine on what was going on with us. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, she was a force. She was a force that I admired. Uh, I liked her voice. I liked her spirit. I liked her fighting, her fighting warrior uh, um, attitude. It was, um, you know, I always looked forward to um, to hearing her voice when she was on the conference call, and I missed her when she when when she wouldn't call. She's just someone I never told her this. I I, I did tell her something about, you know, not give. I, I don't remember how the speech went, but uh, it's probably in the archives. But I did have I did have a, an interaction with her, and I'm very glad that I did. She's someone that I admired, um, you know, I just bonded with, I bonded with her attitude, mm -hmm. I bonded with her, um, with her, with her voice and her, and her, just her spirit. And she's greatly missed. I think of her often and uh, she's uh, 
she's just one of those uh, shining stars that can be replaced and I hope she's in a better place and uh, all my love and all my admiration I send it out to uh, Vira truly a warrior that cannot be replaced in this community mm. I agree I agree thank you Jerome thank you Okay, so you guys will have um, other opportunities to talk, but I want to bring on Professor Martinez, Solange Martinez, because she wants to share some information. And if you guys can get a, a, a ink pen or uh, pencil handy, because I think she's going to ask you guys to do something. Okay, let me just read real quick from this chat room. Guest four says, I hope being a TI isn't God's perfect plan. Well, I can tell you, um, speaking for myself, that all things work together for the good. Let's just put it like that. If we love the Lord, that's what the Bible says. Okay. So we could work this for our good. This is the situation we're in. I mean, maybe, just maybe, this is the fight that God put us in. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, guest four says, Elvira was a great lady. May she rest in peace. I agree. I agree. Um, EW says, Elvira is missed. What do you believe is after death? I think it's just the end. Um, your soul lives on somewhere, either in heaven or hell, depending on your works on this earth. That's what I believe. That's what the Bible tells us. Okay, so I'm going to bring um, Solange in. Hello. Hello, uh, Renata. This is Professor Martinez. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, I wanted okay. to uh, thank okay. you for... Excuse me one second. One second. Um, uh, please, please introduce yourself for those who do not know who you are. Okay, go right ahead. Yes, I am Professor Solange Martinez, a friend of uh, Elvira. She was uh, a very dear friend to me. Um, it was a very hard thing for me to take when she was assassinated by uh, a sheriff called uh, Scott Israel from Florida. Uh, and that same sheriff was uh, later asked to resign uh, after some of us went after him for the assassination of uh, Elvira Williams and the neglect, uh, the, the, it wasn't really a neglect, it was uh, the aiding and abating of the covering up of her assassination by uh, this sheriff's associates Cat Israel. Later on, after her assassination, um, I communicated uh, some of the uh, vicissitudes that Elvira went through uh, at his hands and at the hands of his uh, uh, supervisees. And uh, then uh, he, this sheriff made the mistake of after assigning civilians like Elvira Williams uh, sent um, police officers to a school in Florida uh, where children, 15 of them, were being shot at 
by uh, a gentleman who was in fact mentally ill, unlike Elvira, and was never Baker uh, acted. Uh, this gentleman, Nicolas Cruz, I believe his name is, uh, killed 15 children and two teachers. Uh, I am a teacher uh, and I can uh, relate to that. And after this, uh, and only after this, uh, this sheriff was asked to resign. He refused to resign because, of course, these people have uh, so so much of um, uh, an egotistical uh, thing that they are they are they believe that they are God, and he refused to resign. So they took him to Congress, or they threatened to take him to Congress and have him fired uh, that way. Uh, and then he was going to lose his pension and he was going to probably go to jail because besides having Elvira Williams for arrested and illegally incarcerated every time she tried to get medical care, which is free in this country uh, at the emergency room, uh, he would have her incarcerated and illegally her He assassinated her then. He told, uh, the investigators found out that he told the four or five um, police officers that he sent to the aforementioned high school to uh, not go in while uh, these children, 15 children, were being shot at by uh, a, a, a gentleman who had uh, mental illnesses. And after uh, the children were being shot at, uh, uh, and the two teachers were uh, killed by this uh, mentally ill person. Then he uh, told the paramedics not to go in. He prevented the par paramedics uh, from going into the high school to try to save the lives of the 15 children and uh, the, the two teachers that were killed uh, because of his negligence oh, and I believe, I truly believe that it was a negligence. I believe that this man was evil, is evil and uh, he was part uh, and I have evidence to show that he was part of the organized crime. He was involved in racketeering and RICO violations. That's why uh, he would falsely arrest and illegally incarcerate uh, Elvira Williams in a psychiatric clinic inside a hospital. Um, at his county, and after they found out, uh, after they found out what he was involved uh, in, and um, he asked him to resign or he was going to be taken to Congress, then apparently he was advised by his lawyer uh, to resign, and he resigned. And believe it or not, after all this, he was rewarded uh, by uh, being given. $8,700 of a pension, of a pension, excuse me, for not doing his job, for not protecting civilians like Elvira Williams, and for not protecting our children and our teachers and the rest of us uh, that were not um, DOJ employees, that were regular civilians. So this is uh, what we need to change as a people because it, this happened to Elvira Williams. She was the subject. She was the victim. She was assassinated. 
uh, this happens to many people around the country and it happened to me i was also illegally uh, incarcerated and baker acted because i uh, dared to exercise my first amendment right just like elvira williams another uh, person was uh, also baker acted um lauren Lorenzera Whitfield and uh, Lillian Whitfield, which are also activists uh, in TIs within our community. Another person was also um, Baker acted recently, uh, Michael Large. He was um, he's a, a vet that served. Oh, come on, come on, just excuse me, excuse me. Before you go on to um, to Michael. I want to I want to go back on some things you said because I had never heard this about this person who was asked to resign because of a virus. Now, who is that person? Is he a medical doctor? Is he who is he? Uh, no, he is. Uh, he was. Uh, thank God, the sheriff uh, that um, uh, was in charge of the county where Elvira Williams was persecuted and hunted down like an animal until they finally assassinated her. Uh, Scott Israel was the sheriff in the county where she was. And mm -hmm. every time we used to call the ambulance, they would um, send police officers to falsely arrest her and illegally incarcerate her without giving her medical care. Uh, which is illegal in the United States. Mm -hmm. And once she was uh, in the inside the psychiatric clinic where they would put her, they would deny her medical care, and that's also illegal. If you, even if you are Baker acted, um, they are forced by law to provide any medical care that you uh, might need if you have a toothache they are supposed to get a, a dentist to you and a solution that problem if you have problems with your liver they're supposed to get a nephrologist or a, 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 a doctor that specializes uh in livers or kidneys or uh any other doctor that you need and they they are forced by law to provide you medical care that was not the case with elvira williams they would take away all medications that um would stabilize her and they would give her uh, a cocktail of medication uh, for psychiatric patients and she was not a psychiatric patient. So uh, Scott Israel was the sheriff that was in charge of the uh, police officers who would go there to falsely arrest Elvira Williams and assassinated, and assassinated her. After mm. I recorded my conversations with Elvira Williams while she was in jail, incarcerated uh, in the psychiatric clinic. Uh, I put that in my mother's um, Google account, the YouTube uh, channel that she had. And uh, somehow the um, organized crime members, including uh, the sheriff, Scott Israel, uh, got a hold of Google and uh, had my mother's account removed uh, with all the evidence that I had about the uh, false arrests, uh, illegal incarceration, and the assassination of Elvira Williams. But he didn't count mm -hmm. on this. 
uh, I contacted some news reporters, uh, TV news reporters, and I also contacted uh, investigators and the presidency of the United States and gave them the um, way of uh, getting the information that uh, they uh, were hiding uh, from uh, the people from Google were hiding. So after that, he was asked to resign. Wow. I didn't know any of this. So did he resign? Did he step down? Yes. Yes, he resigned and he was rewarded with $8,700 of a pension for not doing his job uh, and for uh, assassinating civilians innocent civilians like Elvira Williams and yeah. letting uh, people um, uh, shoot down children, 15 of them in a high school in Florida, and then tell um, the paramedics not to dare to go in to try to save the, their lives. After he told the police officers, the five police officers who confessed and said that he told them not to go in to, to stop the shooting, uh, after that, he was rewarded with $8,700 uh, per month of a patient. So does, does Elvira's family know about this? Because they can file a lawsuit. Uh, I believe that um, Elvira's uh, family knows about this. And I uh, did not know why they would not do anything regarding uh, Elvira, Elvira being put in the psychiatric um, clinic and uh, why they would not do anything about her being homeless and sleeping uh, at the beach. I don't know, I don't understand why they would not do anything in regards to that. And I also don't understand why they did not ask for uh, an autopsy. And um, I understand perfectly why uh the sheriff did not do an investigation because he was involved so it's like uh asking a child rapist to investigate himself well you know um her as far as why you know her family treated her the way they did it's like many of our families that turn on us um they thought that elvira was crazy they thought that she was crazy because she would constantly talk about the targeting, but she was really trying to get help. And when she passed, and I talked to her son, because her son called me when she passed and told me about it, um, I told him, I said, your mom really wanted you guys to know that targeting is real. And I'm here to tell you that it is real and that she really was targeted. You know, and he said that he believed her, but he didn't know what to do about it. So I guess, and it was his wife, because Elvira was staying with him, and his, it was his wife who I believe was involved in Elvira's targeting. So she convinced him, I think, not to not to really help her, which is too bad, you know, because Elvira really struggled with with trying to find a safe place to live, like many targets do. Well, according to my research, uh, my 18 years research, I have evidence to prove beyond a doubt that. Um, many of the family members are involved in the targeting and they yep. have uh, financial reasons to be involved in the targeting they get welfare benefits they also get uh, government jobs that they don't qualify for uh, in exchange of uh, helping um, 
the government employees uh, involved in racketeering uh, to put people in clinics and pay them $25,000 for their health uh, in putting people in, in psychiatric clinics inside uh, hospitals that uh, subsequently get uh, $40,000, $60,000, $100,000 for supposed uh, mental illness treatment that um, was never required because there were uh, no such uh, illnesses. Yeah, yeah, they definitely do. You know, a lot of family members do get involved. I won't say all, but a lot. Yes, uh, I know that my family in my uh, two um, uh, illegal incarcerations was involved. My sister, Caridad Martinez, and his uh, and her husband, excuse me, uh, Efrain Vargas was involved. They were involved, and she introduced her husband to me as an attorney. Uh, and then when I investigated, I I uh, found that being an attorney, it was um, very weird for him not to speak English. So I figured, how could he pass the bar exam if he didn't speak English? So I went right. and after I was illegally um, incarcerated after being falsely arrested upstate New York in uh, Elmira, New York. I decided to investigate this guy. Then I, I found out that he was arrested for impersonating an attorney and also for stealing more than $30,000 from illegal immigrants. Uh, oh, I wow. promised, yes, he promised them uh, a green card uh, and uh, while he was impersonating an attorney and he signed receipts uh, to this group of illegal immigrants. Um, so since they realized that uh, it was uh, a scheme, they went to the uh, uh, police department and filed complaint. And when they went to the district attorney in um, the county where he was doing this, the district attorney decided to move in and to arrest him. So they arrested him for impersonating an attorney, which is a felony, and also for stealing more than $30,000 from this group of illegal immigrants, which is another felony. So those are two felonies, serious felonies and they are punishable by law with about seven years in prison for each felony. So he pled guilty to both of these felonies and the um, detective that arrested him told me uh, to my face, I have his passport and he pled guilty. Uh, your brother-in-law uh, pled guilty to avoid jail time inside the jail. Uh, he's going to have to do jail time outside and he's going to probably uh, have to be uh, visiting um, a parole uh, a officer every week or so, or every two weeks or so, two weeks or so, because he pled guilty and we had the receipt uh, and we had the victim's testimonies, so he couldn't do uh, anything but plead guilty. And this is while this um, Long Island uh, detective was uh, talking to me in front of the district uh, of the uh, ADA assistant district attorney who told me 
that this man was not a lawyer. She checked him out uh, in the with the lawyers uh, association. He was not a lawyer, not here, not in Mexico, not in the Dominican Republic, not anywhere. He was not a lawyer and that she didn't understand why my sister uh, was saying that uh, he was a lawyer and I told her well my sister is schizophrenic uh, and uh, bipolar she's also delusional and if she wants him to be a lawyer because she wants to be married to a lawyer then she, he will be a lawyer before her eyes and that, that was that but when I investigated when I decided to investigate my brother-in-law that was after he went upstate New York to Elmira, where I was uh, falsely arrested and illegally incarcerated and, and locked up in a clinic for the mentally uh, insane criminals um, for 12 days. And they charged the Medicaid. Uh, and by the way, the Medicaid is in it, in the scheme. Uh, they charged yeah. uh, the taxpayers through my Medicaid $12,000. And then they sent me a bill for about $5,000 more. And they threatened me with uh, damaging my credit if um, I uh, did not pay. And I said, you know, you're welcome to damage my credit because the people who are uh, using my identity and claiming that they are mentally ill and getting social security benefits as well as SSI, uh, Social Security Income, from the welfare offices around the country will have a damaged credit. And plus, uh, I did not uh, go to that uh, clinic by myself. I was handcuffed and taken there against my will for using, uh, for exercising my First Amendment right and denouncing the, the HRA, DSS, uh, or welfare, welfare employees because they were defrauding the United States government for that reserve accounts and the taxpayers with hundreds of thousands of dollars with my name and my mother's name after I denounced these uh, HRA DSS employees or welfare employees and the Social Security Administration Office's employees, uh, then I coincidentally uh, became um, schizophrenic, bipolar, and uh, acquired a sudden sociability disorder that uh, allowed them, allowed the police officers to become instant psychiatrists, uh, handcuff, handcuff me and uh, uh, take me to this uh, psychiatric clinic where I was uh, held against my will or incarcerated for 12 days. And by the way, after they sent me that bill. They became, uh, they um, committed a felony called uh, mail fraud. Uh, mail fraud is uh, when you uh, are sent a bill that you did not incur. After they put a stamp on that envelope and they sent you that bill, it is automatic mail fraud. So besides all the, the uh, false arrest and illegal incarceration, and subjugation of an American citizen. Uh, they treated me basically like a slave. Uh, they also became uh, the, the criminals who committed mail fraud, which is a federal offense. And my sister and her, uh, her husband, who uh, impersonate to this date uh, an attorney, 
uh, were involved in that, and they were involved in that because they get $25,000 every time they put a, a family member or somebody into a, a psychiatric clinic inside a hospital. And that's what my investigation came out with. Wow. So do you think your sister is targeted and he's a perp, like her handler? Uh, my sister is part of the organized crime, uh, and she gets welfare, Caridad Martinez, she gets welfare benefits uh, here in this country while she uses my credentials, all my degrees uh, in the Dominican Republic, uh, and supposedly she's working in the Dominican Republic and getting uh, about uh, getting a salary. I think it's $34,000 per year. She gets a salary wired uh, to her bank account and somebody from the Dominican Republic sends her the money here uh, or wires her the money here uh, electronically. And uh, in the meantime, she's getting welfare benefits here while she's wow. supposedly working in the Dominican Republic and getting $34,000 uh, per year with my credentials. So she's impersonating me, which is another felony. She impersonates you. Wow, that's bold. Yes, she says that she has, uh, I think she has uh, a two years degree or less than a two years degree. And she says she's a college professor. She says that she's a teacher. And to be a teacher, you need at least uh, a four uh, years college degree and you need your master's in pedagogy. Uh, and she says because she's uh, schizophrenic and paranoid, uh, and also she is uh, bipolar. Uh, she says that I don't want her to be a teacher, that I uh, want her to, uh, to, that I want her not to exercise her um, profession, but she's not a teacher. <laughs> she, she's just like, um, uh, like with her husband. She says her husband is a, a lawyer and he's not a lawyer. That's what, uh, I tried to explain to the ADA from uh, Long Island that she knows her husband is not a lawyer, but she wants her, she wants him to be a lawyer because she wants to be married to a lawyer. So she knows she's not a teacher or a college professor. She knows she's not me, but she wants to kill me because in her mind, if she makes me disappear, then she's going to be me. She's, she can uh, have my degrees, and she already took my degrees and erased the first name because we have the same last names, Martinez. So she erased Solange and wrote Caridad on my, uh, my degrees, took them to the Dominican Republic, got a job in the government in the Dominican Republic, and then uh, got a salary, the said salary, while she's here getting welfare benefits and getting social security disability benefits because she's self-proclaimed schizophrenic and bipolar and she was diagnosed with uh, schizophrenia and bipolar disorders and a sociability disorder because every time she gets a husband she ends up at the courts fighting uh, jumping uh, on him with a knife trying to assassinate him and oh. trying to assassinate uh, he, the the girlfriend once he has left her for another woman uh, because no man can can stand her so uh, she uh, is on video 
uh, in the Dominican Republic at the White House, uh, which is called uh, El Palacio, <coughs> excuse me, El Palacio de la Policía, which is uh, translated uh, the police castle in the Dominican Republic, which has um, uh, surveillance cameras. She is on tape attacking her ex-husband, uh, Warner Omar Felix, and they have her on camera there. She was arrested for uh, trying to kill him with a knife, jumping uh, on him with a knife. And then she went to his girlfriend's house and where he had cameras and she tried to kill his girlfriend also with a knife. She was arrested there in the Dominican Republic. They can find the, um, the arrest papers uh, at the Palacio or at the uh, police castle there, roughly translated. And they, uh, they can also find information about her uh, with the Interpol because her husband, uh, Warner Omar Felix, uh, notified the Interpol when she kidnapped uh, their two-year-old son and took uh, the son out of the country, out of the Dominican Republic, and brought him here to the United States to get welfare benefits with him. So she was giving cocaine to this two-year-old um, child to damage what? his brain. Yes, to damage his brain because if he gets a, 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 a damaged brain, then she can collect more uh, welfare benefits for a, a special um, a special child or or a special education child. Uh, they are worth more than a regular child uh, for the welfare office. That's just evil. Why would you get a, a child addicted to drugs at two years old? That's crazy. Yes, uh, a lot of people tell me. Uh, Professor Martinez, I don't, I don't, um, I don't argue uh, about she being bipolar or schizophrenic. She might very well be, and uh, she she has been getting social security disability benefits for being that. We don't we don't argue that, but uh, she is more evil than uh, schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. That's what people tell me all the time. And that's why uh, I tell you, a lot of uh, family members uh, are involved in the targeting because of money. They receive monetary rewards to uh, uh, falsely arrest somebody and kidnap uh, somebody and uh, incarcerate uh, people in psychiatric clinics, inside hospitals that commit healthcare fraud all the time. Uh, and they get um, a lot of uh, billions of dollars around the country doing this, uh, running this scheme, uh, this healthcare fraud scheme by kidnapping people, falsely arresting them, giving uh, $25,000 or so to people who make the call uh, and, and fabricate stories to get these people inside the psychiatric clinics. And after they get the $25,000, then the clinics get uh, $60,000, $70,000 dollars on supposed mental illness treatments that were never necessary. 
that's healthcare fraud. It is called medical fraud. Right. And, and this is and this is why uh, this country will continue to owe money to other countries. I think that our national debt is something like twenty three uh, trillion dollars because mm -hmm. uh, the the money keeps coming in, uh, and, uh, and no matter how much, uh, how many good deals uh, Donald Trump makes with uh, North Korea or China or whoever or the Middle East, the money that comes in is going to go right into the pockets of these government employees who practice racketeering and RICO violations and who are very involved uh, with healthcare fraud and the kidnapping of civilians to commit this healthcare fraud. And this is not um, something that is um, uh, done, you know, from one minute to the next. This is something that is very well thought. And after they get the science into these psychiatric clinics inside these hospitals, uh, and pay the $25,000 reward to the person who fabricates the story. Then they sell the civilians' identities and benefits uh, to illegals. So the illegals, thousands of them, uh, can get social security disability benefits. They can get SSI, social security income from all the welfare benefits around the countries, around the country. And they can get um, many things, uh, a housing, a free housing, free food stamps, free um, medical care, free medication, Medicaid. Uh, and they can get a lot of things, free furniture, free uh, cash for being mm -hmm. supposedly uh, mentally ill. Uh, when they're not, they're using somebody else's identity whose medical records were falsified and then sold to them through the welfare offices around the country. And according to my research, we have more than 4,000 uh, counties in the United States. Your uh, name, uh, after your medical record has been falsified, can be sold to each um, welfare office around the country, which is more than 4,000. Uh, and uh, each welfare office can sell your identity with your falsified medical records after the illegal Baker Act to an illegal alien. That illegal alien can get with that falsified medical record, if you're a citizen or a legal resident, can get free housing, can get an apartment, free housing, can get food stamps, money for mm -hmm. furniture, uh, money, free cash, uh, cell phone, you name it, they can get a lot of things. And this is while these this, uh, American citizens and legal residents are subjugated, hunted down, and basically ultimately killed uh, or assassinated like Elvira Williams was. Um, Solange, we have uh, someone has their hand raised, so they probably have a comment or a question. Are you open for questions or comments? Solange? Yes. Uh, if you have a question or comments, you can write ahead and ask me. But I will tell you something. Uh, there is nothing to fear but fear itself. Uh, if you 
um, become afraid of speaking out or afraid of denouncing this or reporting this to your family members, to your friends, to whoever wants to hear, um, you are not doing yourself a, a service. You are doing yourself a disservice because yesterday was Elvira, uh, then it was me, uh, today was um, Michael Large, tomorrow it will be you. So you mm -hmm. speak your mind and don't be afraid because the absolute okay, face is up. Yes, hang on. Let's see. Let's see what they have to say. Hold on. Okay. Hi. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, Hello? I'm speaking. Yes. Hi. Uh, this is Kim in Minnesota. Oh, hey, um, Kim. I actually, I actually experienced exactly what Solange is talking about here in Minnesota and North Dakota, where they took me across state lines. And they tried me, and they were going to force drug me before the hearing. It was taken on false evidence. They were going to not allow me to submit evidence. I wasn't allowed my court-mandated medical records. I wasn't allowed, allowed witnesses. I found out on my medical records, they own my lawyer. They also own the judge. Uh, they knew what they were doing was falsified, and they falsified medical records, and they denied me treatment in the hospital, and they kept me for over a month, and then charged the state over $200,000 and sent me bills a zoo when I left the hospital. And then this won't go anywhere because I called every agency there was and nothing gets done by these people. And I actually had people that were in the legal field and they knew all about this. And they told me if I did not shut up, I would disappear. Exactly. I, I um, I did a video, it's still the most popular on Ramola D channel, Ramola D reports. It's talking exactly what you're talking about. And people were being taken like mad when I was in the hospital. Probably one half to one third were TIs. And it looks like when I got my medical records, what they were setting me up for was organ harvesting. Let me ask you this. Um, um, let, me, let me ask you guys this. How much? How much of these um, illegal? Um, what do you call this? Putting people in in mental institutions illegally. How much of that do you think is financial? Because I'm sure they bill these medical um, these medical insurance agencies a lot of money for this. And like you guys said, you both got invoices. You got bills for them kidnapping you and putting you in there. So how much of this is financial? Well, according to my research, my 18 years research, I would say 99%. Mm -hmm. They see so you as a walking uh, amount of money, not as a person. Uh -huh. They gave me a diagnosis of schizophrenia until they found out I used to work in a halfway house for schizophrenics. And then immediately they dropped that diagnosis. And by the time I made it to the court, they had me a dozen different diagnoses and they pulled them all back. And then they said I was mentally ill because I thought I had Lyme disease. And when I got out, I actually got a test proving I had Lyme disease. They deliberately denied me treatment and kept me there for over a month. And while I was there, I was taking names of other people that were in there. And this was very common. But they were denying people treatment in there. And some of these people were on the level of where I think were they were they were killing them. Deliberately I trying think to Elvira had Lyme disease as well. I think Elvira had that too. Well, 
Well, supposedly it's looking like this is part of a government medical experiment. I understand there's a gal, Kelly Wallace, in New York that I'm hearing that has a similar problem. And I found out that they're using, uh, I think why I was set up for, for organ harvesting was because um, I had Lyme disease. And what they were going to do is use some sort of transhumanism experiment because Sanford has a contract with the Department of Homeland Security and the NSA. And while they put me under, they chip me to beat the band, and I have what um, these packets coming out of my feet. And, I, and then I found incisions in my body, in certain parts of my body, and what I'm told is they are, are um, covert drug packets. They can slow release drugs in me. So I was used for uh, non-consensual human experimentation, and there, I think they were going to try to cover it up by having me die in the hospital and just organ harvest me and take as much money as they could off of it. That's probably what they were going to do. Okay, um, Kim, I'm going to put you on hold for a moment because I know Solange won't be able to stay long, and I want to um, move on okay. to talk about um, Michael Large. So thank you for your comment. You can come back and speak again. Yes. Okay, I'm going to put Kim on mute. Solange? Yes. And can I we, want to tell you that. Can, can we move on to uh, Michael Large? There are people in the, yes. in the chat room asking about him. So if you could just tell us who he is and what's going on with him and how people can help. Yes, Michael Large is a, a veteran um, who served honorably in the uh, U.S. Air Force. Uh, from 1970 to 1974, and um, he was passing uh, his first amendment right. And speaking, uh, his yeah, yeah, your phone is cutting out. We're we're missing pieces of what you're saying. Because that were in the hands of some government employees. Then he was falsely arrested, illegally incarcerated, and tortured in jail in a psychiatric uh, clinic jail for mentally ill uh, citizens or, or, legal, or legal residents in Pennsylvania. Uh, I was told that Pennsylvania is uh, also one of the uh, uh, states that is doing this. Uh, this is happening all around the country. Uh, what uh, the lady said. Uh, about uh, them falsifying uh, medical records and uh, denying them, uh, denying the the, the victim uh, the right to have witnesses called so they can prove their case that they're not mentally ill, denying them uh, access to a telephone so they can speak to other people and uh, other people can attest to they're not being mentally ill. All of that was done to me and is done to everybody else. I was speaking to Michael Large uh, and uh, I was telling him, I, he, he told me that they denied him a release um, because uh, I remember that when I was dealing with, um, with Elvira, I sent a release uh, several times and they did not give it to her because that release was uh, once she signed it that was going to allow me to get her um, medical information which was falsified uh, of course uh, and they did not want that so the release never got to her hands she never got to sign it 
Uh, once I insisted so much that she signed it, but they never gave me the uh, the falsified medical information uh, of Elvira Williams for obvious reasons. So uh, they did the same thing with Michael Large. They, they denied him the hospital's release. The hospital is supposed to give you a release once you ask for it. And you're supposed to name people on that release. So the hospital, when those, once those people call the hospital, the hospital must, by law, after you signed that release and you put your uh, your um, uh, those people's names on them uh, on the release, the the hospital must talk to them about your medical uh, care and about your medical file. So since they are falsifying the medical files, they don't want, uh, they don't give the patients, the victims, the release. So what do you do? Being a college professor and a person that teaches writing, so I wrote my own release and they had no choice but uh, to give uh, Eric and other people, e Eric, Tanya Makash, uh, let me see, Eric Hughes, Tanya Makash and, and Connie Robinson, um, they had no choice but to give them my uh, personal identifiable information and information about my medical care because I wrote my own release and I gave it to the uh, nurse station. So they didn't have any choice, but many people uh, don't know about uh, the release. They don't know how to write a release uh, and they are denied um their legal and constitutional right to have uh, somebody named so they can uh get their medical file or or get information about them to uh, try to get them out of the illegal incarceration in these psychiatric clinics inside these hospitals which are committing healthcare fraud so this is what uh, they were doing to Michael Large. And once he told me that they denied him the release, they didn't want to give it to him after he asked for it. So I started to, to dictate uh, to him what he had to write on a once the release sudden somebody told him to hang up the phone because they suddenly had a, an emergency at the hospital that's what that's what he told me oh i had to uh, i have to go i have to hang up the phone because they have uh, an emergency at the hospital what a coincidence well i've been getting the run around when i try to call him the phone rings a long time and then the operator says she'll transfer me to the nursing station and then the nursing station transferred me somewhere else and then i got someone's voicemail so i never got to him yes that's what they do they don't want people to um to be able to talk to him so they will not find out um what they are doing uh, to him and on the chat room i just um wrote uh, or put a, a link uh with michael large information on it and the two interviews that were done about michael large the things that they did to him uh, from the time that uh, he spoke up or he exercised his First Amendment right, which is freedom of speech, and the police officer uh, officers uh, who are involved 
in racketeering went to arrest him. Um, it, racketeering is just uh, organized crime. They, they broke a window, uh, one of his windows, got into his house through breaking a window because these people are gangsters. These people are gang members who are working as police officers. And when they test to become a police officer, they see that they are they test a low moral level, a low, low moral code. So immediately they are hired because once they are hired, they and they uh, have no morals. They are sent to kill or or harass or antagonize or um, bully anybody, and they will do it because they test a law uh, moral code. So that's why they are hired. And so they broke his window, and now they are telling him that since he doesn't have insurance, he is going to have to pay the you know twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars that. They, uh, that he incurred while he was illegally incarcerated at that clinics uh, at that clinic inside that hospital. The hospital's uh, name is the uh, Abington Jefferson University Hospital, and um, I told him since he did not go there out of his own free will, uh, the person who took him there is the one responsible for the bill and that he did not incur that bill because he didn't go there out of his free will so he doesn't have to pay that bill and um when he signs when he's discharged because they tell you if you don't sign these papers you will not be discharged when you're discharged and you sign anything that they want you can sign it uh with no problem because since you were there uh, uh after being falsely arrested and illegally incarcerated you were kidnapped and since you are kidnapped uh, you are signing whatever you sign under duress or you are being coerced into signing any documents so any documents you sign there for payments or otherwise is not valid before a court of law because you are being uh, held against your will and you are being kidnapped so your kidnappers can uh, make you sign any documents that they want you to sign because they are uh, terrorizing you and antagonizing you. So that's why uh, you are not responsible for the bills. And one thing, once they take that bill and uh, put it, put a stamp on it and mail it to you, since you did not incur that bill, then that becomes mail fraud. That's a federal offense. So if you uh, file your lawsuit, or a collective lawsuit because I hope and pray that all of us who are uh, victims can uh, get united and do what um, an activist uh, said to do, Connie, Connie Robinson. She said, uh, we are doing this the wrong way. We have to come together and collectively file a lawsuit, like just like the illegal aliens in the country when you mess with one of them you mess with all of them so they get a group of them and they file collective lawsuits and that's why they are always winning the lawsuits because they collectively file the lawsuits and many people have been deported and the government the federal government had to go and bring them back have to go to their country and bring them back because of the lawsuits that they, they file. So uh, going back to the chat, I, I have the link where you can find all the information about Michael Large 
and the two uh, uh, the two interviews that um, were done for him, one by um, radio uh, talk show host Eric Hughes Jones, and the other one by another very good uh, female reporter. Reporter, um, so you can find uh, the two interviews there, and um, the uh, people responsible for the false arrest and the illegal uh, incarceration of this uh, United States citizen who served honorably in the uh, Air Force, the U.S. Air Force, are the following. The Abington Jefferson Hospital CEO um, and the Widener West um, location, which, which is called the 4WW location. Um, the Abington Jefferson University Hospital itself, because it gets government funds to supposedly provide a medical care to civilians, not to provide a a, a place to have civilians incarcerated for um, exercising their freedom of speech. The Upper Moreland Police Chief Michael Murphy is another one responsible for the false arrest and illegal incarceration of this uh, civilian. And the Archbishop Charles Chaput uh, is the one, is another person that uh, should have been um, calling on the phone and telling the hospital to release this man at once who had no charges pending before a judge and who had committed no crime because if he had committed a crime he would have been charged uh, with one and he was not just like myself just like Lauren, Lauren Whitfield just like um, uh, her sister, none of us have ever been charged with a crime, which means that right. no crime took place. And the police officers that went there to falsely arrest us and illegally incarcerate us in the uh, set clinics, uh, clandestine clinics, um, were there to falsely arrest us because of our exercising uh, uh, of our freedom of speech not because a crime had been committed. Um, if you have any questions about this case, you can call me at 914-619-8362, 914-619-8362, or you can call Eric Hughes Jones at 585-730-9220, 585-730-9220. For those of you who uh, are uh, patriots and who worried about uh, being incarcerated or or being done the same thing that is being done to millions of uh, civilians in the country, you can call this hospital and demand um, Michael Lash to be released immediately. You can call the Abington Jefferson University Hospital at 215. 481-2000, You can also call the 4WW location where he's uh, at, at 
215-481-2000. You can also call the hospital CEO, which is Stephen Glasgow, K-L-A-S as in Sam, C-O. Stephen Glasgow at 215-955-6617. 215-955-6617. You can also call the Upper Moreland Police Chief Michael Murphy, another one that was mainly responsible for the said false arrest. And Michael Murphy, uh, the police chief, is at 215-659-3100, 215-659-3100. And the Archbishop Charles Chaput, 215-587-4507, 215-587-4507. Also, uh, you can talk to Michael Lars directly. Uh, if you call 215-481-5058, 215-481-5058. And remember, when you demand um, his immediate release, be polite and just say there is no crime being committed. Uh, he should not have been incarcerated. Therefore, and uh, he served uh, honorably uh, for the United States uh, Air Force uh, since 1970 uh, to 1974. So why is he being punished? Uh, there is no uh, issue pending before a judge about him and no crime has been committed. So he should be released immediately. And, you know, I hope that everybody calls, um, but please do not argue with the people. We don't want to make matters worse for Michael, but I can tell you that it is um, uh, very powerful for them to know that he has support because we've all come together before to help other people to get out. And when they get phone call after phone call and we begin to put them on notice, then, you know, sometimes the person will get released. It has happened in the past. So um, how long has he been in there? I believe for a week or so he has been there. Okay. Where did they pick him up from? Well, they went to his house, broke a window, got um, in his house uh, through that window like a gangster or like gang members do and uh, handcuffed uh, him and then took him to the set, uh, psychiatric clinic inside oh. the, the hospital. Wow. And Sorry that was to because, uh, he said something that bothered uh, a congressperson, a congressman, and bothered uh, the um, chief of police, uh, Michael Murphy. Mm. So they did that to him. That's, that's yes, he was talking about his job as uh, when he was uh, in the Air Force, and he is uh, perfectly free to speak his mind and practice his freedom of speech in the United States. We have freedom of speech in the United States, and slavery was abolished 150 years ago. Um, they cannot just grab somebody, go to, to their house, uh, grab people, and put them in.
mental institutions and say that they are mentally ill with no evidence whatsoever. That's, that's what they used to do to slaves. They used to take them from the, uh, their homes and transport them as animals. And that, uh, that is no longer, no longer allowed in the United States. We are free men and women and we should not be subjected to such a, a um, dehumanized treatment. Exactly. Now, I've never heard of him, Solange. How, how, how did you meet him? Is he part of the community? Does he know about the rest of the TIs? Um, I don't know if he knows about the, the rest of the TIs, but uh, I was told by um, Eric Hughes, uh, the one who bombarded, um, got the hospitals where I was illegally incarcerated, bombarded with calls from other TIs. And he told me that he was in the same situation. So immediately I um, gathered the information that I needed to gather and made you, Lauren, um, and her sister and other TIs aware of the situation. And mm -hmm. so I immediately also um, notified uh, Donald J. Trump about the situation and notified the TV news um, uh, channels, uh, not the the channels, but the ones that actually care, and told them, you know, people are being falsely arrested, illegally incarcerated, and treated as uh, slaves in the United States, and that's not acceptable. Yeah, very good, very very um, honorable of you to to help him like that. Um, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned that um, you mentioned about coming together to file joint or class action lawsuits. And the first thing that came to my mind is that we've tried that so many times in this community and rip off after rip off have, has come through. People have had, you know, people to send money for this supposed attorney that never happened. And, um, you know, I've just seen so many scams come through here and uh, it, it's terrible that people do that, but they rip the community off a lot of times with these supposed lawsuits. Well, I have to tell you, uh, if they charge you, the, the, this type of lawsuit should be on a contingency basis. Contingency basis means that you don't have to uh, put any anything up front that the lawyer or the team of lawyers that um, will take on these this, uh, criminals uh, will charge nothing. They will file the lawsuit uh, because they know that they are in violation of the law and they will win. And many times the lawsuits, the collective lawsuits are so overwhelming uh, for these criminals that they settled, they settled the case out of court with millions mm -hmm. and millions of dollars. So if they ask you for money, uh, it's a ripoff. Don't do yeah. nothing anymore. The type of lawsuits that this type of lawsuit, lawsuit is, is the one, is, is on a contingency basis. Uh, it, it has no money required. So right now, um, Eric Jones and I are talking about uh, the Rutherford Institute. The Rutherford Institute is uh, a group of uh, lawyers, a team of lawyers that will send not one, not, not two, but uh, several lawyers 
to the county uh, where this occurred and say, you know, you put this man or this woman uh, in a clinic and you illegally incarcerated him or her. And we have evidence uh, to show that this person is not schizophrenic or delusional or have a sociability disorder or whatever. So we're going to go to court. If you want to go to court on that, we'll go to court. But we will win the case because we have overwhelming uh, evidence that this person doesn't talk to herself, doesn't hear voices and um, this person is not doesn't have a sociability disorder and they will settle the case or if they want to go to court and fight it that way they will lose the case because to prove first of all that a person uh, is schizophrenic you have to have the person in camera talking to herself or to himself and having a conversation with somebody who's not there and that's very difficult hmm. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yes, the Rutherford Institute is a uh, is um uh, an institute that has the the team of lawyers that would do this, and they do it uh, on their contingency basis. So uh, we should look up the Rutherford Institute uh, and make uh, a call or do a campaign of calls asking them to take our case. Uh, as a collective case, because we, the TI communities, have a lot of us that are victimized. And I'm sure that if we do that, they will take our case. Because if you have to, to, to do this, you only need two people. And we sure have more than two people. I'm sure that we have more than 2,000 people galore across the country. Well, so, Solange, let's, let's um, talk about that some more, because I'd be interested in trying to work with whoever to to try to get that done so we'll 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 i'll call you one day and we'll talk about that some more on how to yes, go about I, it i actually have the phone number of the rutherford institute and i will uh, pass it on to you i don't have it with me right now but i have it written down on my okay. uh book uh, on my notebook and i can pass it on to you and you can announce it on on your uh upcoming shows so we can do this okay. because Nothing is impossible. We can do this. That's right. That's right. We have to stand up for ourselves. Okay. I think Kim has another comment. Let me try to unmute her. Hello. Hi. Um, I was wondering, how do you spell Michael's last name, and what was his direct number at the hospital for me to call? Yes. Michael's last name is large, like small and large. And, okay. and his direct number, I have uh, a direct number here, but then I called and they gave me another number where he can pick it, pick it up himself. And um, I have it here. Let me see. Um, it's to it's to Michael Large direct number, which is two one five four eight one. Yeah. Two, two, one, four, six, two, one, five, four, eight, one, two, one, four, six. Okay. So what was what what was the five zero five? What was the five zero five eight you gave us? That one not direct to him? Uh, they changed it. Uh, the five zero five eight. They changed that because oh, they don't want you to talk to anybody. So they have changed the phone numbers. 
And the first few times that I called, they uh, told me that he wasn't around. Okay, okay. And, and after, before that, they say that they had released him, but he was alive. They were okay. my phone calls when I was in the hospital, but um, one question I have about this lawsuit is I found in my case, and I come from a legal background, we're talking, um, I was almost murdered the same time as my friend Larry Leventhal, uh, uh, an attorney was, um, civil rights attorney was uh, murdered as well. We were supposed to die at the same time. And uh, you know what was going on, and his daughter was a lawyer, was murdered at the same time. And when I was in the hospital, I found out from a fellow that was um, associated with the Pillsbury family, he was married into it, and he talked about going to these um, meetings, these parties where these judges and district attorneys were, and they all drove Porsches and Audis because the places where we got sent to, they were invested in them. The court system is owned. So we're just going to go to some Freemason who is, um, is usually uh, one of these attorneys as well, and they'll deliberately take a dive. That's why as many as these doctors are dying, uh, lawyers are dying as well. The court system is rigged. I don't know how we're going to get anything on it because all of a sudden you're going to be directed to a specific attorney. Just the same way we're directed to a specific doctor when we go into the hospital that's not supposed to treat us. Oh, that's and I come from a family. I come from a family where my grandmother was clerk of the district court. I mean, she knew all the judges. My father was a lawyer. Uh, he was president of the Minnesota Bar Association. The Federal Bar Association, Minnesota chapter. I mean, I grew up believing that the legal system was fair and corrupt, fair and incorrupt. And now I realize that how corrupt it really was, and how many lawyers are actually being murdered that aren't corrupt. And then when we go into the court system, all of a sudden we have a corrupt judge, and all of a sudden all of our evidence is inadmissible, and a seal is put on it, and then all of a sudden nothing's ever done, and nobody knows anything about it. Yes, that's, that's thank you. That's true. Yes, I agree with you 100%, but remember, in the times of Martin Luther King, uh, there was nothing that the black people could do about it, but there was something because it was done. So I know that it looks impossible, but it is not impossible. In the hands of God, nothing is impossible. We have to, we must find a way out of this oh, situation. Yeah. I probably agree with you. Nothing is impossible with God. Oh, yeah. And but you know, always, the other thing about that is they want us, hang on one second, Kim. They want us to buy and to learn helplessness. They want us to just not even try. No, you know what I'm saying is we can't try through their system. I'm saying if we go through other organizations, like one of the groups that's being attacked the hardest right now are the gun rights groups. If we start going through some of them, because they're being taken as bad as badly as we are. So when they start to wake up to some of this, we have to make this and aware to the general public. We have to get this somehow in the media in general and not just through their gate system to make sure that it gets shut down because they go into certain areas where anyone who's a whistleblower, they end up getting murdered. It's kind of like how this is set up at many of the hospitals. I knew one woman who was working at Henman County Medical 
Center, which is the largest hospital in Minnesota. And they have a very large homeless population. And a number of nurses were very concerned about what they were seeing. And so they went to the nurse that they were supposed to report what they felt indiscrepancies were. And every nurse that went to that one woman all of a sudden ended up going home and committing suicide. Something is not right with that. You have a bad day at work, you don't suddenly decide to go home and commit suicide. They saw something that needed to be covered up. This is being done on a large scale. How many people have a rash of suicides when they see something that's wrong at their place of work? Exactly, exactly. We need to fight. We cannot sit back. We need to fight. Remember, yes, uh, they need to fight. But we need to fight wisely because. I talked to one gentleman here, a James Rothstein, who is dealing with human trafficking, that's um, mayor of St. Martin, that's only about 90 minutes from me, and he claimed that he did four congressional hearings, and all of them went nowhere, because once you get to a certain level, all these people are compromised. But one thing they're afraid of is they're afraid of the lower people. So if all of a sudden we spread this information as far as we can, it'll go somewhere. Like when I asked people to call into the hospital, a number of people called in, but it went nowhere because the hospital never admitted that anyone called. Same thing with the bishop's office. I asked who to call him, his office. Um, with my Ramola D reports video where I did that, and I even showed it the last part, please call the bishop's office and please call Sanford. And uh, all of a sudden, every time I turned around, the views on my video would go back like 500 views. I mean, I was getting some serious views on there. I may have gotten over 100,000 views. But all of a sudden, I heard from people saying that they were calling in on my behalf, but it went nowhere. I never got called back. Lauren Whitfield even talked, called for me and never got called back. She called them a number of times and never heard back from them. Yes, that's, that's uh, uh, true. But we need to fight. And that's one thing that's very clear in my mind. We need to fight because, remember, in the uh, 1950s, 1940s, nobody dared to mention desegregation. Everybody was separated, but Martin Luther King did it. We have to unite and we have to do it. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we have to do it. I know that they will. Uh, we will go to court. The evidence will be inadmissible, inadmissible all of a sudden, but we have to continue to fight. We must do something that, they, that can make it difficult for them that they have to stop this we have to make it noticeable where more people realize that they're being taken as well somehow we have to make this be seen in the media some way and they know most of the media what i'm finding everywhere i go and turn on this it's all freemasonry these doctors are masons the courts are masons the media is masons all of them are masons and uh this looks like this is massive on organ harvesting what i was seeing at the hospital I mean, that, this is a big thing to cover up. Not only that, this looks like it's in child trafficking. And it's crossing state lines, so this is against the RICO Act. And like you said, they sent me a bill after, and they charged the government over 200000 And then every number I called with the government, nobody cared that that amount of money was stolen. Well, you I know what? Every You're, the people. You're doing the same thing that I was doing at the beginning of my research. I called the government. The government uh, is the one that is involved. Um, government employees are the ones that are doing this. You have to call different organizations like um, 
uh, Numbers USA, which is a, a patriotic organization. Um, you have to call um, uh, the other organizations. I don't, I don't remember the exact names. And you have to call the news. Don't call the mainstream media. Call the news, like um, uh, Fox News or other uh, news that are not like. Or, or some of your some of your community newspaper. Some of the local. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We don't have any local newspapers here anymore. And I even talked to a woman on government rag who was an alternative media. And she knew about this. And I was telling her how this initially kicked off when I was at a Native American reservation. And I was talking to someone who said uh, the United States government hired him to work with the foreign the foreign troops, and there were 600,000 of them up there, and they were mostly from Central and South America, and this was just in one area of North Dakota. Well, then when I told this one reporter that, she goes, oh, yeah, um, I've been hearing a lot for the last couple of years about all the foreign troop movement in North Dakota. So she was then hearing it from other people as well. And I think that's what got me the ride to the hospital and what got my friend murdered. This is really hushed up, and I haven't heard a thing from her since, but she believed everything I said, and I've talked to a number of reporters on this that are alternative media, and a lot of the alternative media is even owned. And then I've called every organization, including uh, Christian rights organizations, about the covert shipping, because a lot of people believe that deals with RFID. I've called all the gun organizations, and I find that they're pretty well infiltrated. Um, I've... Uh, gone through uh, every civil rights group that I can find. I've gone through groups of dealing with psychological um, abuse lines. Um, none of these seems to go anywhere. Yes. Have you tried Citizens United, Numbers USA, Governor uh, what is that? Walker, and um, illegal immigration um, organizations because those organizations will listen to you because if you continue to call government um, they are all pretty much friends quote unquote you have to you have to go outside of government you have to call the organizations that do not agree with the abuse uh, of uh, American citizens and legal residents if you called uh, numbers USA if you call, um, other organizations, United, you will find some some different answers. I, I didn't catch the name of that organization. What was that again? Numbers USA. And the other one is Citizens United. Citizens United. Yes, and there is another one that um, a lot of people uh, like and they investigate um, corruption. It doesn't matter if, if you belong to a, one party or the other one. Uh, they will investigate corruption. And I believe the name is, let me see. I have it. Um, uh, the justice, no, it's not the justice. Um, what is it? Um, well, you will find uh, a list of um, a, a organizations on my website. I will post it for you 
You can yes. go to Solange Martinez um, Facebook account, and you can look um, me up. I don't have a computer. I don't have a computer. They have literally fried four phones of mine and three computers, and I'll get this pop-up screen <coughs> with desks on it, and then my computer or phones get fried. Oh, my goodness. Um, what about I'm not kidding you. Not only that, when I left the hospital, they actually um, they cut the brakes in the car. And that's mm -hmm. happened after my Migs B interview, too. They cut the brakes in the car again while my friend was driving. This seems to be really popular. In, in one year, the brakes went in the car four times. Wow. Have you tried to illegal immigration? Uh, what immigration? Stop Illegal Immigration is an organization of um, American citizens and legal residents, and they support um, the citizens and legal residents a lot. If you contact them, they might you might be able to uh, to connect with somebody who can give you more information. But if you continue trying to get help from the government, you will not get it. Um, you will also I quickly gave up trying to get help with the government, and I went to the gun rights organizations because I've been hearing how many of them are being taken. And these people seem to be most active, and that wasn't working. Then I was using um, civil rights groups, uh, religious rights groups, because they said I was mentally ill because they were shaving the doors down in the hospital to make them locked down from the nurses station and while that noise was going on I was praying in there so I was saying like our father who art in heaven and then they'd walk in and say oh we walked in and she was talking to herself oh my god yeah have you tried uh, Senator Gowdy Troy Gowdy what was that Senator Troy Gowdy yeah, he, he's one of those government people. He, he was oh. the one who said that um, we didn't believe in due process. Guns first, due process second. That was one of the groups that um, uh, uh, Trump was trying to push with this group with Pence, uh, where they were trying to say that, you know, well, we have to be worried about these crazy people, and so we have to take the guns first and due process second. And so they were trying to say it just takes too long to go to court, and so we kind of basically have to push these military tribunals. That was um, one of the videos, um, one of the clips that's in my Migs B video on covert shipping, which shows that the government is tied with Sanford, with the DHS and NSA, and the reason why the government is behind it, so they can take uh, basically gun control, so these foreign forces can take over. That's what that one guy was telling me up at the Indian Reservation. He says they're waiting to take over as soon as the economic collapse happens. They're going to force it on us. Only uh, there, is, there are organizations there um, that uh, will help, and they don't care uh, what party is involved or who is involved. They will investigate, and they have their own lawyers. Uh, I don't understand uh, how um, these people have gotten so far, these criminals working for the government, but they have gotten very far, and we need to stop them. Uh, let, me, let me give you well, my I, phone number. You can call me later, and I can give you more uh, more information. My phone number is 914-619-5500. Okay. 914. 
I missed that. It broke up on me. I got 914. 619. Yes. 8362. 8, 8, 2. Thank you. And what's the yes. time for calling? Uh, at 5 o'clock in the evening. Okay. It's Dr. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Martin. So lunch. You're welcome. Well, thank you, Solange. Okay. Okay, Solange. Well, thank you so much, Solange, for everything you have shared with us today. Uh, we really, really, very much appreciate it. Um, is there anything well, else? You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to add? No, that's that's uh, all for now. And thank you so much for having me and having this call, Renata. God bless you. Oh, no problem. God bless you as well. And keep up the good work. You know, you, you, go, you go through so much in your own targeting. Um, so it's very um, admirable that you take the time out to help other people like you're doing with Michael and, and others in the TI community. So thank you for all of your hard work. You're welcome. My pleasure. And God bless you. Yeah, people don't realize when you um, stand up and when you're strong and when you're um, into activism that you get targeted a lot harder for that, you know, for being so vocal. So, you know, for those of you who, who, who do um, practice in activism, it, it's a really, it's, it's a good thing, but it can be hard. So thank all of you who do it. And hopefully um, everyone listening will get a chance to, to try to call the hospital on Michael Large's behalf. I'm going to try again. Hopefully I'll get through. Um, cause I, I didn't get to them. They, I ended up with someone's voicemail. I don't know whose voicemail that was, so I didn't leave a message. Um, but I'm going to try again tomorrow. So Solange, do you, you know for sure that he's not out? Yes. Uh, they said that they were going to let him out next Wednesday, but I don't believe them. Uh, because before they say that they let him out and, uh, when I called, uh, he was still there. Uh, apparently, they believed that just by saying that he uh, was allowed to leave and that he had left, we were going to stop calling. So um, they tried that, but it didn't work. And if you, again, want to call him directly, call 215-481-2146. Okay. All right, I'm going to try again tomorrow. Okay, thank you again so much, Solange. And I'll My talk pleasure. to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Um, is there anyone who would like to say anything? Start to. Otherwise, we will end the call. Start to, if you'd like to speak. I think someone has their hand raised. Oh, there's actually two people. Okay. Hi, hello. Hi. Um, I'm calling from California, and um, I live alone, 70 years old, and I've been targeted by my whole community. I, this is the first time I've been um, able to talk to you or any kind of support group, but I'm really looking for some support.
court because I have no one that, well, my son is here right now, but everybody in the community seems to want me dead or or crazy, and I don't know how to cope with this. I called uh, Adult Protective Services, um, and they amped up the targeting after I called Adult Protective Services. So I, I don't know and I don't know which way to turn. Is there anything you can help me, give me some advice and information? Maybe a, 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 a similar TI that's in my area, something. I just need to connect. Where are you in California? I'm in California as well. I'm in Desert Hot Springs. Where, is that southern or northern? No, it's uh, southern, Riverside County. Oh, you're in Riverside. Um, I don't know where Lauren is. Uh, Lauren is somewhere in Southern California. I'm not sure where. Um, I can pass your information. I'm in Oakland, so I'm in Northern California. Um, I've listened to the podcast. Um, thank you for taking the call because I'm not like some well-educated, so smart woman who who has a lot going on. I, I stay at home. I have Friends, I can count them on my one hand, but I'm I'm constantly being harassed and subjected to harassment. Like I said, on Thursday, my home was broken into, and you know what? They took the strangest thing: my purse, my keys, and the um, information to my car, the clicker, and all the information for my car. So I think they're going to sell it, and you know. The way I'm treated, they could very well back a, a truck up to my driveway while I'm gone and put my hook my truck up to it, and I would never know anything about it because they have all my information, all of it, social security, everything. I have you reported that? Have you have you reported that to the police? You need to. Yeah, I did, ma'am. And you know, my sister, they came in and took everything, the phones, and don't think no stuff was my computer. And um, my my sister called them. Uh, she was in Pasadena. I mean, um, Lancaster, Palmdale. She called them, and they they are maybe um, four hundred feet from me. And they told her this happened at seven twenty. They told her that they were busy at nine o'clock. I mean, I I believe that they have things to do other than see about one person. But there was really no effort made to do anything. That's why I'm wondering, ma'am. Who people that snack and grab people don't come and get uh, IDs and everything for your uh, to, to transfer your car and to attack your bank account? Uh, people who live on the street don't have that much time or inclination to take things that pertain to a car. So I'm inclined to believe that it was all uh, street theater. It probably was. Um, they do a lot of things around the cars, I can tell you, because I constantly have to deal with flat tires and vandalism and all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, and they're going to do things that they know will affect us and get a reaction out of us. Kim was just saying how they cut her brake line twice. Um, yes, I so they do they, yeah, and I get the erratic driving around me. You know, people act like they're going to run into you. All kinds of stuff. Uh, someone hit my... Uh, I'm sorry, go uh, ahead. Someone hit my car a couple weeks ago. 
she opened her door and, and hit my car. You know, they, they do all this stupid stuff, you know. Um, I, I will definitely give you my number if you'd like to call me. I, I don't mind talking to you. I really would need to. I would like to call you. Um, and maybe, yes, I would like to call you. I hope I can get through. But, Renata, is there really no hope at all? For, the people can just do you any kind of way they want. And we're, like the lady said, we're United we're citizens. We, we have free will. What happened to being able to express yourself without being condoned or condemned, rather, for it um, and mistreated? You can't even have an opinion that differs from others because they signal you out for even more harassment because, man, my phones are constantly monitored. Everything I do and say is recorded and sent out into the neighborhood. So I have absolutely no privacy whatsoever, none. Well, you know, we're to answer your question, we're living in a satanic system. And I don't know if you're a Christian. I have no idea. Um, oh, definitely. I'm sorry, that's why I chose you when you said God is our protector. It, it was perfect for the way I feel and the way I live. Okay, okay well, um, that could be part of it. Um, we, we, we definitely live in a satanic world, in a satanic system. Right is wrong and wrong is right. Everything's so backwards. Um, but is know, there really no appeal to higher than the local police that would do something that, I mean, I, I heard Well, they're speak, all part of that system. They're all part of that satanic system. And the sooner we understand that, the easier it will be on us. Um, it appears that most of them, and I will never put everybody in, in the same box, um, but most of them seem to go along with it. And um, and so most TIs have not found much help. Um, but I do believe that there are some good people in the world, but those people are being suppressed and they're just kind of going along with it, maybe out of fear or, you know, being coerced. Yes. I don't know, but I, I will always believe that I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. It's going to end. We're going to see our way through this if not us maybe our grandchildren great-grandchildren but like salon said we have to fight we have to not be afraid to fight we have to not buy into learned helplessness and um i'm committed to going on with my life i'm committed to to moving on going on doing whatever i want to do i don't care what they do i'm still you know gonna live my life and um and I hope that everybody else gets to that that point. But yes, it is very, very, very uh, difficult sometimes to try to just coexist in this evil world. Yeah, because I'm so isolated until now. I, I got two new um, caregivers, and I tra transitioned from uh, one um, scan, one medical. I'm sorry, to another medical system. And so now I have. I feel a little better because I can go out and talk to two different people, but I, I just can't believe I'm so trapped. And then they, my, the people that, that want to help me, they'll do something to them so that they'll stop bothering, I mean, you know, talking to me. Yeah, yeah, well, your, your story is, yes, it's very familiar to the rest of our as targets. Um, they definitely turn people on you. They isolate you from people. You just have to find a life outside of, whatever they're trying to do. That's what I have learned to do. I just 
you know, since the people are gone out of my life, I just do other things. It's time to just focus on me. So I, for me, I'm doing my arts and crafts. I'm doing my activism. I'm doing this, you know, so you just find some workarounds. Uh, let me give you my uh, telephone number and you can call me whenever you like. I'm going to call you because I, I really hope I can contact at least with other people who are not look at you like something's wrong with you when you start explaining to them why you, why things no, are going No, nothing is wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with you at all. Um, let me give no. you my number. Do you have a pen? Okay. Yes, I do. Okay, it's 510 yes. 688 Okay. Seven two seven seven, and I do work seven two seven seven six eight eight seven two seven seven. And anybody listening can have my number. It's okay. Um, I do work. So if uh, if if you don't get me on the phone, just leave a message and I'll call you back. Okay. I will try not to call you except on the weekends because I know how very busy you are. Thank you. Over no, no, no. You can know. call me. You can call me. You can call me anytime after um, like four. Anytime after four, you can call. It's fine. E even if it's during the week, it's fine. Okay. Even this helps. And I'm always encouraged by listening to you trying to prompting us to, to, to not fear and to keep going no matter what. So, Renata, when someone comes in your house and in your bedroom and opens your door and looks at you and then leaves, you know, it's pretty daunting to just jump back and be, I mean, it's just hard for me to just recover from somebody that would come in my house while I'm here and and make me feel so threatened, you know? And, that is, and, and that is just, um, definitely a violation. I can see how you would feel violated. Um, stuff like you, that. Uh, I know the police are involved, but stuff like that, I definitely would report because that's just crossing all boundaries. And I certain things, certain things, I believe in getting documented at the police department. I just believe in that. Whether they're going to help or not, I want to have this documented, you know. So something like yeah. that is definitely a violation. I believe they come into all of our homes, but if they're coming in your house, while you're asleep and they're standing over you watching you, like that's taking it to a whole nother level. So yes, I yeah. definitely I definitely will report that. Now, with that being said, now there was a guy that came to our door um the other day, what was that, the other week actually. Now, uh, you guys have heard me talk about the targeting when I go walk the dog, I can deal with all this targeting. Yeah. The man around the corner in the uh trailer home he all of a sudden appeared he wasn't there before so he wants to target me and all these other people and um and so they like to target me with the dog to try to prevent me from walking my dog which i won't stop but um yeah. so this guy comes to the door and my kids were here and they said they didn't open the door but he had this dog with him which was very unusual because people just don't come to your door with dogs not around here anyway um, but I know, you know, that was just part of the stuff that they do to me. And right. um, so we have cameras, which I would suggest, even if you have an apartment, find some way to try to get some sort of cameras. Although I will warn you, they will disable them because they do mine all the time. But yeah, I try to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it you know it shouldn't stop you though. It shouldn't stop you from from trying to help yourself. So he he takes these keys and he waves the keys in front of the camera, trying to get somebody to come to the door. Now nobody was here but my kids, but my children are adults. But still, so he's waving these right. keys, you know. So that kind of stuff, like, and you know, when we went back to look at the film, we saw him looking around all nervous and everything. And we should have downloaded the the, um, the film right then and there because when we went back to look at it again, it was gone. But yeah, I had taken, some, yeah, I had taken some still pictures, so I just want to get that on the record because I, you know, but that still didn't stop me. We went on a walk this morning. I just, you know, we have to put our lives in God's hands and really mean that. You know, when we say my life is in your hands, I say often when I'm out there walking or whatever I'm doing, I'll say, you know, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil for God is with Amen. me. And I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're just not going to be intimidated that easy because we've been there, we've done that, and we're moving on. We have That's to live true. a life of courage and know that God is with us. He is truly with us. And the Bible says there is more with us than there is with them. I agree. You know, Renata, and I and I agree with that too. And I have been standing taller and stronger and straighter. But man, they even try to use your personal sex life to to control you to to I'm not in my sex life, but uh, uh, it's just the things that they'll try to do to me to make me comply are just—it's—it's it's unbelievable. People don't do it. Don't 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 comply. They want to have sex with them. They don't even try to get to know me. They just want me to open my legs and give them what they were asked for. Well, you know better you know, than that. You you know better than I, that though. I'm telling you what I'm saying is I'm being cohered by even that. Person. To okay, but let me, me wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you a question. Who who is you don't have to say the person's name, but who is this? Is this someone you know or someone they sent to you or oh it's a neighbor, but he I, he's all it's all in is all in the same thing that the same thing is happening because of the way they want me to respond to them and I'm just not gonna do it and because I won't do it, I get targeted even harder and more. That's, That's okay. You can you can you can withstand the wiles of the of the devil. That's okay. They they targeted all of us harder at certain points, but that should not, you know, no. Don't give in don't do not give in to that mess, please. I won't. No. I won't I'm saying just to know that, that that nothing's off the table. Whatever they think they can do to me in order to get me to do what they want, they spare no expenses it seems. Ma'am, I don't understand it. I'm just a person who lives by herself and minds their own business and they hate me for it. Well, they hate it's some there's something in you, something that God put in you that they're identifying with and that's what they hate. You know, okay, so as you're talking about this sex stuff and you didn't go much into detail, but this is what's coming to my mind. I don't know about everybody else, but I don't do a whole lot of talking to these people. I don't know about everybody else, and I'm you do whatever works for you, and I'm talking to everybody. I'm not just talking to you. I'm just saying. But for me, I don't get that far with people for them to proposition me and things because I don't talk to people. I totally you ignore don't. them. People can step in my face, and you can ask my family members because they say I embarrass them. 
they can come to my face, hold an entire conversation, and I will leave them standing there because I'm not going to deal with the psychological abuse. You're not going to play with my head. You're not going to try to make me feel bad. You're not going to, you don't get that opportunity with me most of the time. Right. You're absolutely right. But you know, when I moved here, I, I I I didn't I didn't understand to what extent this whole thing would blossom into. I just did not. I I, I had no clue that because I I chose not to have a relationship with the person that they were going to hold a grudge and try to keep. Um, in whatever way, um, first saying that I they were my protector, but when I wouldn't give them what they want, now they're my persecutor. That's okay. He's part of your targeting. So you yep, treat him. You treat him the way you treat the other perps. You don't deal with them. Period. Let him do what he do. He just sold out, and he's doing what he do. You know, they're okay. So I go to the dollar store all the time, right? I probably said this before, and they sell these stickers. And I guess somebody at Dollar Tree must be a Christian or something because they sell these wall stickers, and a lot of them have Christian sayings on them. And so I buy them because they cost a dollar. So there's one that that has the the prayer. Uh, let uh, let me see what this says. Let me go. Uh, grant me the serenity. That prayer. Right here. Yes, yes, yes. Let me see. And I say this in the morning, and I say this in the afternoon, and I say, and there's one part that means a lot to me. Okay, so it's right here on my bathroom wall, cost one dollar. It says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Okay, and that's that serenity prayer. Now, look, that's really important. And, and see, people take this kind of stuff lightly, but it's important to give ourselves these positive affirmations and to quote these scriptures because we have to have um, the ability to accept the things we cannot change. Some things we yeah. can't change, you guys. We can't change. Or we can't change it right then and there, not this very second. And so I say no, that prayer often. You, you're right, no. I can't change when I'm in the middle of my targeting, I say, Lord, help me to accept this. I can't change it. Help me to accept it. Give me the wisdom. Yeah. To know the difference. And that's a, that says a lot, too. You need to be wise. All of us need to be wise enough to know what we can change and what we can't. And when we realize that we can't, we just move on from it. We move on from that situation. We'll let that same situation keep bothering us because we can't change it in that very moment. I know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I, I understand. And I really So don't deal with that dude. Don't deal with that dude on any level whatsoever. If he say hello, keep right on walking. He don't mean you no good. No, he don't. And I, I that's what I was saying to myself and I, I went on a rant yesterday. How do you expect anybody to do anything you want when you try to cohere and try to slave them, make it just make them do it. Just I'm going to keep harassing you until you give me what I want. That is the most ridiculous way to proceed with any kind of even perceived relationship. That I, it's, It boggles my mind to think that somebody could actually feel they would get something out of treating somebody that way. That man is part of your targeting. He don't feel that he can get somebody treating you that way. That man is on a script. He is doing what he's told to do, what he's paid to do. 
he's part of your targeting. You don't want to deal with him. No, and I really haven't been dealing with him. It's just that first, first he happened, and then the uh, the 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 uh, what do you call it? The break in happened the next day. It wasn't a break in. Somebody had a key and they walked in. But I already know, like I'm like you saying that it, it's it's the powers that be that be doing these things. No other people would would go to. And, but nobody wants to acknowledge anything, and they get angry with you when you expose them, and they do you, they target you harder. So if you you supposed to just sit here with your mouth closed and let people do whatever they want to you, and not say anything to anybody ever. You well, you know what? Um, uh, I, I've tried it both ways. I've tried addressing the situation. They have been trained to deny everything, okay? I have not had anybody to admit. I've had some people do a couple little slip-ups to tell me a little bit. But nobody so far has admitted that they're involved in my targeting, okay? Um, so I just learned to keep it moving. Do you just sit around and allow people to do whatever and say whatever? Um, I'll say this. For my targeting, for the most part, yes, I just let them do and say whatever because I don't have time for the drama, and they know that. Now, when you cross boundaries, you cross boundaries, I'm going to address it. I'm going to respond. I'm going to try not to react, although I have done that, but I try not to react. I try to respond. But my targeting is so heavy, which most of our targeting is so heavy, I would be in confrontations all day long if I chose to address everything. I'm just not willing I, to do that. I know what you mean because I, every situation that I've been in, I've been put in. It hasn't been not one time that was right. a coincidence or spontaneous. It's always, and yes, I stay in the house most of the time, so they have to be waiting and ready for me whenever I go out. And they are. They and are. they are. Now they are. I mean, that's the way it is. Um, go back and listen if you have not if you have not had a chance to listen to that video, uh, those three videos I did on the FBI and the structure of this whole targeting thing. Go back and, and listen to that real careful because it explains a lot and it tells you how the teams are structured and how they do have like the stealth team and they have these different teams that are already there waiting for you, like you said. They have they tell you how they communicate with each other. It tells you everything. And once we understand this stuff. It, it makes it a little bit easier for us. Wait, wait, wait. Which one is that? The one where you had three parts or what? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because I did, but maybe I better watch it again because I, I, I'm telling you, without you, I don't know if I wouldn't have been in a nut house or somewhere. And it, it, and it really uh, uh, scares me to even know that they'll take you so far as to put you in a hospital if they, if they, if they want to. They can just... We're just being manipulated any way anybody chooses to do us, and there's nothing we can do and no one we can turn to. That is the most heinous thing I've ever heard of in the whole And that's why we turn to God. That's why we give it all to God in prayer. Because, you know, even though we are targets, I refuse to let anybody treat me any kind of way now. That's not going to happen. Um I don't address everything, but like I said, if you cross boundaries, you better believe I'm going to say something about it, you know? Um, so, you know, we just learn to just coexist because the Bible tells us that we in this world, but we're not of this world. And the world, the Bible tells us that the Bible tells us that the world loves its own. And if we were in the world, that they would love us. But since we not, they hate us. This is all biblical. 
it's biblical. The Bible tells us that if we if we were part of them, then they would love us. But I don't want to be part of them, so I guess I'm gonna have to I'm, be hated because I'm never gonna be part of that. Me either. I I can't. I can't. But that you know what? No, they justified by any way, any means they they feel like. Oh, you don't like Mexicans. That's why we hate you. Oh, you spoke out about the border and and you gave your views different from ours, and that and now now we hate you more. Nobody says this, but it's all implied in every time they attack. It's all implied. You don't like us, we don't like you. And we're the mass majority, and you're one person, and you have no, the only cover I have is God the Father and the Son. That is it. That's and that's that everything. And <laughs> that is my protection. And, I, and I'm telling yeah. you that because I, I, I feel blessed to be able to claim God and, and uh, Jesus, his son, but I'm still... Yeah. I'm still frustrated by the way I'm being treated, regardless of who you talk to or what you say. And you can't justify anything you do to them because they don't believe. They don't want to believe you, even if they don't care. They just want to keep mistreating me because I live alone. My my closest relative lives uh, two hours away, and you know it's like we can do whatever we want to you because you're old and you don't and you and you live alone. We can do whatever we want. And that's what they do. You'll they be do whatever fine. they want. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just stay connected. You know, keep watching the videos. Um, try to come to these calls and and just stay connected to other targets and you'll you'll be fine. You'll be I, fine. I, I know you. it's hard. It is it is it, it is so hard. It is. And I can only imagine um people in a position like you who live alone. You know, and yeah. like you said, your your relative was two hours away. So I I really have sympathy for you, but just stay strong and and you can do it. You can do it. Okay. I, I'm gonna let you go because I'll talk to you the rest of the night, and I know you have another life outside of this um this conference calling. But I really appreciate it, and I thank you so much for your time. And I'm gonna stay tuned in as much as I can. Do you still do it on Tuesday and Thursday, though? Do I do what on Tuesdays and Thursdays? You don't have uh, um, you don't have these sessions on Tuesday and Thursday, do you? No, uh, just Sundays. Just Sundays. I try to do a couple of those during the week, but I haven't been doing that too much lately. I might try to get one in today, but um, for us, this call is on Sundays at two thirty Pacific. Yeah, that's what I'm going to Like I said, I'm going to let you go. My son is in there, and they're probably wondering what the heck I'm doing. But I thank you, like I said, so much for your help. And, for, uh, and please don't ever stop encouraging us to greatness because you do encourage us to greatness. Thank you. I give God the, the glory because it can be rough sometimes for all of us. Yeah. Um, so you're not, you're not alone. You're not alone, and I, I really do sympathize with you. Thank you so much, and 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 if you like, I said when we talk again, I would like to be able to um to maybe touch bases with somebody else that I can at least express myself to without feeling like oh they, something you know how they do when you tell people what's going on, they think something's wrong with you, not the situation. Well, there's um Lauren. I don't know if you know Lauren, but Lauren uh, she lives in somewhere in Southern California. I'm not sure where, but she also has a talk show call. And so I'll try to put you in touch with her. I just need to check with her first. So when you, when yeah, you call me, leave your phone number uh, when you call, and I'll, I'll um, pass it on to Lauren. I definitely will. And I, like I said, I really appreciate your efforts, and God bless you.
Okay, you too. Hang around because a couple people want to speak and they may have a question for you. I'm not sure. Okay, sure. Okay, all right. Put you on mute for a second. Uh, who else did I unmute? Did I unmute you, um, 812? Is anybody unmuted? Thought I did. Nobody's unmuted. Okay. 812, are you there? Let me figure this out, you guys. Well, maybe that's her. Let's see. Hmm. Okay, star two, if you want to speak. Star two. Okay. All right, y'all confusing me. All right, we only have a few minutes, so start two if you want to speak. Hello? Renata? Hi. Hi, this is me. I haven't called oh. in a while. Targeted and harassed? Oh, my gosh. I miss you so much. How you doing? Yeah. I'm doing good. You know, I heard some things on the call. I've been listening for a while. I took some time out, out from the calls and stuff because I really wanted to get to the bottom of this. And I spent a lot of time with, with God just to see what was really going on. And uh, that's why I wanted to come to, to the call and, you know, share some things with the newcomers and everything about how this stuff really works and to start um, picking out the, the deceivers, I, I might not use, use the right terminology, the ones that's coming to the calls and stuff that's telling stories and not really not really targeted, how to start picking out and stuff like picking, just dealing on details and get their life in order. But the main thing they have to do is get their life right with God. And when I say that, I mean truly get yourself right with God, not half doing things because God wants you to live your life a, a, a certain way. And it's not like, you know, a lot of people come to the, you know, I'm going to step on some toes, but, you know, the truth got to be told. And, and I guess I'm, I kept, I came to tell it. Uh, uh, it's like this, Renata. And you you stop me if you think I say too much, okay? Okay. Okay, it's like this, uh, Renata. Um, you know, a, a, a lot of us say, say we were God and we live in our lives all kind of ways. You know, he can't really get to the bottom and show you different things. He'll show you all the purpose to live your life and, and everything else, how you can get through this peacefully. Um, because, you know, I, I'm telling everybody that don't know me, when I came to Renata's call about, oh, it's been a good number of years ago, I would come to the call and I would name everybody that was um, harassing me and all this kind of stuff um, mm -hmm. and making a lot of documentation. I was naming names. And uh, it, it can go deep, but what I want to tell tell you, if you don't know, and especially to the lady or, the, or anybody that's on the call, when you first get started in this mess, and you know, it's going to go on before you even knew that you was targeted. But what happens when you do start kicking up on, you're going to get this feeling that somebody's following you and cars are following you, but you better believe they is and don't let anybody tell you any different. 
So it's going to get to the point in the beginning, there's so many cars and stuff and people following you. It's like a caravan of people. But this is really 24-hour surveillance. But when they use that uh, term gang stalking, in the beginning, you see why you gonna see why people call it gang stalking because it is a lot of people that's gonna follow you all over the place. So I want to, you, anybody that's new to know that when it starts, you you under twenty four hour surveillance and never forget that twenty four hour surveillance means twenty four hour surveillance in your house and out of your house. The only thing that I can't verify to the extent is. I don't know how exactly how much they can actually see in our home, but I do want to tell you everything else about seeing bugs, and don't you dare think that, that it's not because it is. Your house bugs, your phone bugs, and everything. Uh, every, your tired, everything else is probably bugs. And the reason why they know so much about where you go or, or if you try to go to another city or another town, if you want to go and you want to move, you do anything you want to do. But remember that uh, they know it because your phones are bugged. They don't hurt you making all your plans and everything like that. I, I Sometimes I don't know to the degree is how much they got our, our houses bugged. But in certain towns and in my town, they got uh, security cameras out in the light bugs with microphones. I don't know how high they could turn up the microphone to actually hear in their house in a way to not have you um, actually have a physical bug in your house, but you better believe they hear everything you say. And the reason why I say that is because I know that they listen to everything I say, but I don't care anymore because I've been with it long enough that they knew what, know what they could do for me, you know, because God didn't show me the way, and I love God and Jesus, and he gave, gave, gave me peace and all this, and he'll help you get through all like this. And I want to say, too, don't. That word that you use or anybody use that they call it when you're in isolation, baby, you better believe that isolation is some of the best time that you're going to ever have in your life. But it's not really isolation. It's being alone with God and spending some time with God because they can't harass you too much in your house, but they will harass you through the tele- uh, television. They're going to put all kinds of commercials on the TV. And don't let anybody say that they don't because I'm here to tell you that they do. Uh, they're going to put all kinds of commercials on your house. Somebody's going to be riding down the street and start talking loud as soon as you walk out the door. And let me tell you this, too, in case you don't know, so you get ready for it. When you start going out at, at night, they, you you going to start seeing the drones and everything like that. So don't ever let anybody tell you that you don't see the drones coming in. Out from the, out, mine come in from the east, guys. They all be setting up out there mostly because I got an airport right out there headed towards the east, and they come in from that direction. I don't know where they be coming in from, uh, so I'm not going to just say that they're coming from that airport, but I sure do believe it. There's someone coming from that airport. So you better believe that you're going to have drones following you and everything and everywhere you go, the cars and everything. But you know this, you probably know that part already about the cars. But I just want everybody to know that when they say 24 hours, that's what it means. But you can get through this peacefully and in love with God because he's going to start showing you everything and the people. And you don't have nothing, nobody has nothing to feel. Because, you know, another thing I want the people to know, too, God said, trust him, not not the people, but not the man or this man or that man, but him. Yeah. And that's what I want yeah. everybody to do to start putting, putting your trust in, in more so in him. Because there's so many, you know, Renata, I can't believe it how many call, 
people come into the cause and actually purchase and tell the people so much false information. What they do, they give you a little bit of truth. And let me just say this to make it plain to everybody that's truly targeted. When you hear somebody speak, all our lives and all our stories is just about the same. You know, with a little exception here and there, there everybody can put up on a piece of paper and everything be pretty much the same. But then somebody goes start talking about some way off base that ain't start going going on in your life and nobody else's. So you start watching that. I don't care how sweet they done talk in the beginning because there's a lot of wolves and sheep clothing. So I just want everybody to, to be aware of that and stay on top of that because there's nothing like the love and the peace of God, and he sure is going to give it to you. Because, you know, you, and I'll say this to you, to, to the people, too. I say this all the time. I'm so thankful that I'm on this side of the fence, but I don't want to be, wouldn't want to be on that side of the fence, getting up, going out in the cold, looking at somebody. What they're looking at? I stand out there for them to look at me, and lady, you better do the same thing. Let them look at you and anybody else on there, because what they going to do? They ain't going to do a doggone thing. And anybody that's afraid to go any place, when this call is over, you put on your coat and go any place you want to go. You're going to see ain't nobody going to bother you or mess with you. Ain't nothing they, they can do to you. The, the, a lot of this comes with, okay, I'm going to say this too. In the, it's so much that it would take, it takes all, plenty of years to get to all this they have done us, wouldn't it, Renata? Yes. I want, to, <laughs> I, I want to say this to everybody because I, I want you not to be sick. Because in the beginning you're nervous and you don't know what's going on, and and you 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 you, you, get, you get real sick. Because I got sick and got pneumonia and all this kind of stuff. But since you know what's going on, and I'm I'm gonna tell you what's going on. That's what's going on. Uh, you don't have to make yourself sick, you know. So you 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 can kind of skip over that because after a while. As time goes on, you're going to see it's the same thing over and over and over. So uh, year after year, you know, and I, and I tell Renata this, I told Renata this uh, uh, before, anybody that's on here listening, you go to any call, any call, and you could li- listen back 10 years, 11 years, 12 years, and you're going to see that the conversation is basically the same thing as that's being said tonight. This ain't. This mm-hmm. is not gonna end until God says it's gonna end. But God didn't say he that you're not gonna go through it, but He said He's gonna get you through it. So mm-hmm. that's what I would say. I want everybody to know that God. You know, Renata, I'm so happy, and I I smile now because I know what's happening. You know, it took a lot of years, but what I know, and I could tell somebody, it don't have to take them ten years or uh, five years to get through this because um, the some of us just know what it is and just let the truth be known, you know, without saying all this stuff that's so far-fetched and when a two-year-old wouldn't believe it, you know. So to make sure you know somebody that's what's going on, try to look at your own life. And if they, if they what say just about what's going on with yours, you know that they're pretty well truthful because they have everybody come up to me because I know that I, they know that I love God and Jesus. Bless you. Bless you. You know, they, 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 that's where they're going wrong. They're making a mockery, trying to make a mockery out of God. And that's the one yeah. thing I don't like. I can't do nothing about that. You know what I mean? Only yeah. God can do something about that. But I'm just thankful that I have, you know, he gives me the power to know what is going on. I do speak talk to the people sometimes because, you know, I don't like to go around, you know, with 
attitude of, uh, that I got to be mad or not be all dry, drawn up and all that. You know, I, I, I can't live like that. But it's enough that, that I know what you are, per, you know, uh, so I, I, I talk to them in a way that you're supposed to talk to them per, per. You say so much and you go ahead on, you know, because uh, nobody... But see, the thing, about me, the thing about me when I say I don't, I don't talk to them, I'm not mad. I just don't deal with them. Like, I just, but I'm not mad. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I try to carry God's peace with me anywhere I go. So I feel peaceful on the inside. But I'm not angry at them. I'm just not dealing with you. Like, for what? For what? Yes. Yeah, but they talk. I will speak, uh, you know, talk, Renata. But you know what? It's like this because let me tell, tell the people, okay, if you don't know it, uh, newcomers, I don't care where you go, you going to be harassed or somebody going to come up to you. Uh, if they're going to pop next to you, you're never alone. Remember that. They're always mm-hmm. there. If they wave across the street from this point on, you're never alone. If they work, if you go in the store, if they're up in the, in the uh, uh, whatever, they, the security room, you're being watched. So don't ever, ever think that you're not being watched. And watch what you say. Because they send people that's in in, in your life. That's, I, I'm a for the sake of the conversation. I'm a call of agents. They come up to you and say things, or they help you. You know, some people well, they do help me sometimes. I, I and I thank them because sometimes I do need to help. You know, because I, I can't do certain things, but I and I thank them for that. But like I say, um, everybody just remember remember that when you knew and first come on on it, how they get you is they send people that you knew in your past, maybe from grade school, elementary yeah, school. Yeah. But but where they where they mess up. They send the same person over and over. You know, like you never seen nobody for 25 years. Now all of a sudden you see them in the grocery store tomorrow. Then the next day you go someplace else, there they is again. Until you, yep. until you, until you get the knowledge to know that they they, they need uh, information gathering. Those so are called chance time. meetings. Those are called chance meetings, but they're really not by chance. It's not a coincidence. They were sent there. Yeah, they're not. that's not a coincidence. Uh, at all, they do that a lot in the beginning with people that you know. But as t- time go on, they start sending people because if you don't document that, because you can document that, but then they're gonna start people that no sending people that you don't know. But you already mm-hmm. know the setup and know what's going on, so you just you know you just document that. And, and y'all be careful these doctors' offices and everything else because they send perks and, and uh, uh, panels and everything else to sit by you and try to draw a conversation with you, and they will falsify your records because they can falsify mine. But like I told you not a long time ago, and I'm telling y'all, uh, you go in there and when you know that your records have been falsified, write a letter and have them put that in your file stating that, yeah. that uh, something has happened and that you know it's not true. And, you know, and they... Oh, I know that I was for the like I say. Okay, uh, go ahead, uh, 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 targeting harass. Go ahead and wrap it up if you don't mind, because there's a couple other people that's waiting to speak. I, I'm gonna wrap it up because I want, want. I just wanted to say those things. Just remember that that uh, you always being watched, and the way to get through this is to put your life in God's hand and not half step and put it all the way there. Uh, that's all okay. I wanted to say, Renata. Thank you so and thank much. Thank you for allowing me to come on the call and saying this. Yes, and welcome back. I really missed you. I'm glad you're back. I hope you come next week. Okay. 
I'll all right. Next week, but I'm going to come when I can, okay? Yes, whenever you can. Okay, take care. Thank you. Okay, stay. We love targeted and harassed around here. <laughs> she she used to read off her whole list of perks. First, she went from not talking on the call. She would be in the chat room. So I'm trying to put you on mute. Um, she would be in the chat room, and then she um she started talking. And when she started talking, she would name every last perk, every last every last one. And I was so glad about that. I was so glad she would put them on blast right here on this call. All right. Um, we have two more and then we're going to end because we're actually going over. So keep it brief, please. Okay. And Kim, we're going to end with you. I'm going to let this person speak because they have not um, had a chance to speak yet. Hello. Hello. Hi, is this Angie? Yeah, hi. How are you, Renata? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I really like the last caller and all her useful information, and she certainly has discernment. Yes, so, she does. I'm grateful for hearing that because um, it's so nice to hear the, the good news and the truth these days because everything is just so, you know, we're not of this world, you know what I mean? Right. But anyways, um, yeah, I think a lot of those things, a lot of things she talked about, um, I don't know what all the questions were or what you guys were focusing on tonight. Like going but, um, well, um, earlier in the call, we had um, uh, Solange, uh, Professor Solange Martinez here, uh, letting us know that um, there is a TI that had been pretty much kidnapped and put in a mental institution. His name is Michael Large. And oh, wow. um, she gave us information on, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, on him. Oh, and uh, I don't know if you heard her, but you know she was she had given his uh, telephone number for us to call for support for him, and also to ask the um, staff to release him because he's illegally being kept there. So that's oh, wow. really what we were talking about today, and then. Others were just sharing whatever was on their mind. Yeah, because, um, wow, I see, um, do you know anything about him? Or do you know if um, he's uh, in the word or if he's a believer? I don't know him at yeah. all. Um, I did try to call to talk with him, but I was not able to get through. So I'm going to try again tomorrow, but I, I, I'm not familiar with him. But I'm still going to try to call and support him. Yeah, because I've been going through this for like probably, it's going to go on 10 years, but it's been nine. And I, I really understand what the last caller was saying about um, all their tactics. And, you know, she's, you know, the, the Bible verse, greater is he that's in you than he is in the world. And I think yes. that last caller really knows her authority in Christ Jesus and, and in the word and the Lord. And I think that's what I came to over the past nine some years is um I tried, you know, I tried doing it on a physical level, I tried doing it on a mental level, I tried, you know, writing everything down, I tried um I've been in hospitals, um I've I've been 
all kinds of things. I don't even want to go into it because I don't like talking about enemy because it's, I'm, I think we see and hear in the spirit realm, and I know these people are in secret societies and they're witchcraft and Satanists because the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. But I know that, you know, the Nazi, Germany, Hitler, all that stuff, they, they did all these experiments on, you know, the Jewish and, you know, these God-chosen people. So obviously we're working in the spirit realm. And I know I'm a prayer warrior. I'm always in prayer in the Bible. And, you know, I'm a threat to the Satan's kingdom. So, of course, he's got his minions, you know, on us. But I think we're doing our work is what I'm trying to say. Yes. I mean, you are definitely. And um, the last call, it sounds like she um, is in prayer a lot. And she knows her authority. And I think this is definitely, even though they do, they do use surveillance, like she said, they do watch us. They do... Um, tap our phones regardless. I think what she would say too is regardless of what they're doing, God sees everything. They can only see right. certain things certain times. God sees all of us. And I think I like your show and your um way of going about dealing with all of this is because you focus on that and you focus on what's good and God is good and um, obviously we're a threat to the state kingdom. You know, so obviously we're being attacked, but the good news is Jesus is Lord and we know it. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, and we you are know, being persecuted. I feel persecuted. It's 24-7 persecution, but I know I will have creditors in heaven, you know. And you will too, mm-hmm. all of us who are Holy Spirit-filled work for Jesus, you know. And you know, it's important for us to know that the Bible tells us that the righteous will not be forsaken. Although we cannot see our way out of this, you know, maybe maybe some of us can't, but it does not mean that it won't happen. So we have to keep the faith and just believe oh, yeah. and trying, like Solange was saying earlier, we shouldn't give up. You know, we have to keep fighting and keep trying yeah, and keep trusting God. I'm grateful for your view. I'm grateful for your call. I'm grateful for your stand on this. You know, we have to shine a light on this darkness, and we're not ignorant mm-hmm. of his devices, but we have to know greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And um, God has not given a spirit of fear, of power, of love, and a sound mind. And I know the witchcraft is, they want, they think information is power and control, but it's twisted. It's faith twisted. And, you know, the Bible is the thing that stands firm, Trump, red words Trump, which is Jesus. You know what I mean? we got to focus on Jesus. Yes. But I'm very grateful for you and all those who stand up and are on the for the truth in this real spirit realm war we're in. Yeah, and we are in the front um we're in the front lines, like you said before. So yeah. It's out there, but we know that God and his angels are looking after us. That's right. That's all I wanted to say, and I'm so grateful for you guys and just yeah, like you said, keep the faith and stand strong. Thank you so much. Thank Have a so blessed week. We will talk to you yeah. next Sunday. Hopefully, you'll make it to the call next week. Thank you. Okay, we're going to end with Kim. Um, yeah. Keep it brief, please. I need to actually go and do some things. Hello. Hello. Hello, it's Paula, not Kim. 
<laughs> oh, Paula, I'm sorry. What did I think? Are you guys? Hi, how you doing? I'm good. How are huh? you? I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. I don't know why I, I sent you. you were a... I'm I don't sorry, know why you thought I was killed. Yeah, I, I, I apologize for that, for the mix-up, you guys. Go ahead. How are you? I'm I'm hanging in there. Um, I just wanted to announce. I sent you a text um, of of a flyer. I'm going to be on a broadcast Tuesday, uh, January 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's called Gate Gatekeepers Ministry, and um, the host the host is ATI, and she has TIs on there talking about their stories. So it will be me, myself, uh, Letty, Letty Abbey. Um, Pastor Melissa Black and Julia Thompson. We'll all and how do we find? Too. How do we find the broadcast? How do we find it? Uh, okay, I I texted to you. It's Gateway Keepers. I texted okay. to you. It's on on there is a telephone number. Um, okay. If you give me a minute, I'll be able to announce it. Well, um, let me but there's see. a telephone. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, maybe. Um, there's a telephone number. People can call in live or they can um, stream it on their computers. Um, either way they want to do it, but we'll be up there um, talking about our stories. How come I don't and see your be... text? Yeah, I'm looking right now. Uh... Uh, I texted you right at the time you started this call. So it should be around five. Some... Well, my time was five something, maybe six. My time. I know you. You might time. need to send me again because I don't see it. I'm looking at your number, but I don't see the text. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. You probably um, need to, you know, whatever you just, need. Right, but let me um see if I can get it on here to announce it for everybody right quick. It's Gateway Keepers Ministry. Um. <clears throat> One second, I'm just pulling it up. If they didn't take it off, okay. It's Gateway. I got it on targetedmassachusetts2.org. I don't know if y'all ever get on that website. But it's Gateway Keepers Ministry. Yep, and the phone number is 929-477-2442. Okay, so it's going to be Tuesday, um, January 29th, uh, 7 Eastern, which is 4 Pacific. And yes. uh, 929-477-2442. 2442, yes. You can call okay. it in on Tuesday or you can stream it on my computer. Okay. It's, yeah, it's Gatekeepers, Gatekeepers Ministry. Okay, thank you. Thank you. That's, all, that's what I wanted to let you know. Thank you so much. Okay, so for anybody who's listening, they can... All invited. Yeah, I'm gonna try my try my best to set myself a reminder. So I'll just be getting okay. off of work time, but I'm gonna uh, try to call in. Okay. 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 Take care. All right. Thank you.
Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, seven seven one five, you're unmuted. Did you wanna be unmuted? Hello? Hi. Hi. Uh, oh, this is Deb from Wisconsin. Hey, thanks for the call. And yeah, I didn't know I was unmuted. I'm sorry. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know when I unmuted you, so sorry if you didn't want to be unmuted. Oh, that's okay. You, that's okay. Um, okay. I will say what Kim was talking about and some others about people being taken and locked up. They're mm -hmm. definitely doing that, and they're all and they're not just doing it to TIs. They're also she's right. They're doing it to gun owners because they want to take the guns. Ah, uh, I never thought about that. Well, yeah, they want to disarm the people so that they have no way to defend themselves. Well, yeah, yeah, but I didn't know that they were, like, locking them up and stuff. Yeah, I know they're, they've been oh, trying yeah. to disarm America for years. Yeah, they're locking them up and putting them in, in mental hospitals, and you know what happens there. They say, yeah, you can refuse treatment, but they, can, they do force it on you. They did my husband back in 2015. No charges, and... They dosed him up with I don't even know what because, and I, they wouldn't tell me where he was for like two, three days, and then they gave me a number to a fax machine, and they'd ended up sending him across the street from, across the state from Sacred Heart Hospital in Eau Claire over to Winnebago Mental Hospital in, by Winnebago. Oh. And they wouldn't tell me for like two, three days. I kept calling back and forth between the hospital, and I said, call the sheriff's department, and back and forth. And then they gave me a number to a fax machine. And then when they finally, he was over there for like 15 days, and um, at 15 or 16 days, they sent him back over to Eau Claire to a group home, and had them all drugged up with on Halidol and a bunch of other stuff. I haven't written down, but anyway, I mean, and then they do dropped him off on my doorstep, January 29th, 2016, and he tried to sneak in the doggy door, which was just not him. And, I mean, he was totally opposite what he was before they took him and did whatever they did. I mean, he lied about everything. I mean, even obvious stuff like... You know, is the sun out, and he and it would be a clear day, and he'd go, no, oh, it's really cloudy, and I mean, obvious lies. He was mean to the pets, whereas before he was good with them. He was mean to me, and before he was, you know, an actual loving, good husband. You know, yeah. I ended up kicking him out just because we were set for. I mean, we were set to kill each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, are you guys still together or no? No, I kicked him out and divorced him. Oh. And he went back east somewhere. I haven't talked to him since December 2016. After the divorce was finally final and my lawyer kept going, you know, it's cut and dried. I don't know why they're dragging out. Well, I did find out that the judge that handled <clears throat> um, his thing, because he had some kind of a video hearing that the, that, 
um, the public defender that he had over there called me up and said, oh, it's this day. Then she calls, and she says, but you don't have to. And then she says, then she calls me up, and it's like, oh, it's a different day, but you don't have to be say anything for it anyway. You know? So it was yeah. really weird. And, of course, I didn't know anything about the TI thing at this at that point. You know, I mean, once right. I learned about it, it explained a lot. You know, um, so do you think he was targeted as well? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, odd shit has always been happening, you know, throughout. You know, you, you look in different things where you go, "Well, that was really weird," but you kind of blew it off. And um, but yeah, he was definitely targeted. He was probably targeted before I was. You know. Does he know about targeting now? Have you told him? I, I, know you guys I don't know because I didn't learn about it till 2017, and I haven't talked to him since 2016. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Well, hopefully he knows, yeah. I mean, I talked to a mutual friend of ours that had talked to him, and she said, well, that ain't the guy I that I knew with you because she used to do Yahoo Messenger with us all the time when we were raising the baby birds and stuff doing the hand feeding and you know that's kind of like being in somebody else somebody's living room and we got to be really good friends and she had talked to him once and maybe twice and she said well that is not the guy that you were married to they really did change him oh my i'm sorry it's not like once the drugging wears off that they change back to their normal selves because you know, once the damage is done, apparently it's permanent. Yeah, that's terrible. I'm sorry to hear that. So uh, they are doing it to people, and I've heard a few different reports, you know, on different things about them doing it in Jersey, up in New York, where they just kick somebody's door, door in, take them away, and take the guns. So it's not like it's they're not... They're not just going after TIs. They're going after gun owners and, you know, anybody that isn't zombified, basically, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess all them Kim, you're unmuted. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, Kim, I'm muted. Go ahead, because we're going to end in a minute. Go ahead if you're unmuted, Kim. I think you are. Okay. Um, I, I think Deb has a very poignant thing to say um, because uh, – when her husband had that hearing, he had no one there. All of a sudden, she gets a phone call saying, you don't have to show up because, you know, we already held it. So a lot of times what's happening to us is we're being taken and nobody knows it. And that's what's happening to this poor guy, Michael. And what I found with dealing with some things in the hospital, what you have to do is you always have to take names. So I'm going to be calling on this Michael gentleman. I'm going to be calling a lot of those numbers. And I asked everybody else, we cannot be fearful. God did not give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of uh, courage. You're supposed to have courage of a lion. You have the heart of a lion. And so remember, the first people thrown into the lake of fire, Revelation 22 or 23, I can't remember which one. But those are the, the ones who are cowards. The first ones thrown in the lake of fire. So we cannot be fearful about going forward. They're going to have to kill me before I stop. 
And I, I look back at when I was in the hospital, and so many of those people didn't know that they were TIs, and they were being used for medical experimentation, and there was, like, no one to help them. And if I give up, I'm, I'm quitting on them, not just me. This isn't just about me. This is about everybody. This mm-hmm. is about a whole group of people that have no one to speak for them. And this is a, such a huge scale. This hospital has going on an industrial scale, and this is nationwide. These people are used for human experimentation. They're being used for organ harvesting. Uh, that Dr. Martinez, wonderful woman, God bless her. Uh, we have to go out to other areas where it's not just TIs. We can't be in our free speech zone talking about this. And we call on this number on these gentlemen, Michael. I found out what does a wonderful job on kind of uh, getting people to be more accountable on what they do. When you call in and ask, who am I speaking with, please, before you even ask for the person's name. And then uh, say, okay, um, I'm on Central Time, so that would be what? Uh, You're on Eastern Time? That's an hour ahead of me? So take the time, take the number, and say, then I would like to talk to Mr. Michael Large, please. And... uh, if we get together and like maybe next week uh, you have a phone call and get a number of people say, I've called this number at this time and try to get other people that we know to call this, it, it may make a difference. And then we also need to talk about um, call and use this gentleman as an example, perhaps these gun organizations. Because when Deb uh, experienced that, the moment they took her husband, they were waiting for him when he left the house. He did not know that he was going to be taken. And uh, they were waiting for him. I mean, this was just not unprepared. And the moment he was taken, the the cops were at the house to take the guns. They were preparing for this. Mm-hmm. Not only that, her and her husband were investigating satanic ritual abuse that was happening in that family, where she got on her show before, and she was talking about how they were hunting young black children in neighborhoods, neighborhoods of Philadelphia to use them as sacrifices. And this was uh, connected with the police department. And when he came back, all of a sudden, he goes back to those people who were doing that, who he had abhorred before. Now, all of a sudden, he says they're great people. Does that tell you how much he changed? Yes, exactly. Wow. It should give you an idea how bad this is. This is the people they used to abhor, and now he's the people saying, oh, yeah, they're good people. Uh, We've got to prepare ourselves for the fight that we're in and we can't cower down, we can't be afraid and we can't back off, but we can't uh, insanity is defined as doing the same thing over and over again with expecting a different result or we're not getting a result going to their system so we have to go around the system and make it so people realize that this is going on, that this affects us all. This is affecting whistleblowers. All these people are becoming TIs. Pretty much the gun movement now is TIs, and they're very active movements. So we have to discuss it more or less on a grassroots scale and ask other people to do it as well. And I thank you for your time. Thank you. And thank you, everyone. We're going to end now. We um, went like 30 minutes, almost 30 minutes over. Um, Thank you all for coming to the call. Thank you so much, um, Professor uh, Martinez, for coming and sharing with us about the gentleman, um, Michael Large, who who has been kidnapped and put into a mental institution. Um, This could be any of us. It happens to TIs all the time, Uh, some knowingly TIs and some not, because a lot of people in the mental institution, they're really targeted, but they may not know 
um, like we know about targeting. So keep all of those people lifted up in prayer. Um, and I thank all of you guys for coming to the call. And I will talk to you guys next Sunday. Have a blessed week, everybody. I'm going to end the call now. Thank you, guys. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.